Dice and Dice, number 27. We're back. I, I don't know how the hell you can keep track of those numbers, because... Yeah, it's really not that hard. I know, it's when not difficult to, to count. <laughs> when you're sober, it's not that hard. Yeah, it'll be a sober podcast. It is a sober podcast. That's all right, though. Yeah, well, I tried to cut back, so... Yeah, it's always good. We'll have our day in the sun. Well, hopefully literally. Yeah. Well, underneath an umbrella. Well, right. Um, it is Transformers weekend. Quite literally, if you look at the box office so far, this movie. Wow, well, sure, there's nothing else out there, but well, nothing else new out there. We'll uh, we'll be looking at the filmography of Michael Bay. So do us a favor, don't instantly say, "Well, I'm out." Because we'll at least give a, a fair take on Michael Bay. I know a lot of people have this absolute hatred of him, and I get it. But dude's done some movies. I don't think everyone realizes he's done. Uh, there's people that hate Tarantino and Scorsese True. and all that shit, too. Hater gonna hate. But uh, we'll, we're going to talk about the films of Michael Bay leading into our uh, review of Transformers Age of Extinction. Up front, you have some stuff to bring up. I do. I do. First, I, I think we've discussed this guy before. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Is Shia LaBeouf... And this sort of ties into the whole transfer. Well, and that's actually why I wanted to lead off with this. Because everybody knows that he's had this this weird meltdown coming on. It looks like he's going full-on fucking stark raving mad, right? Yeah. Because police had to take him away the other day from a showing of Cabaret, I believe, yeah. where he was being belligerent. But then I, I understand that also that evening he tried to steal McDonald's food from a homeless guy. Yeah. So... I think we need to look at, is it time that Shia LaBeouf flat out gets some help? What's going on with Shia? Because this is a kid that five years ago looked like he was going to be, he had the world by the balls. Yeah. He was in the Transformers films as what, w Wiki? Yeah. He also... Well, he was doing other flicks. He it looked. He was the one they were targeting to be the replacement and for the Indiana Jones franchise. Mm -hmm. Because God knows the, his Marlon Brando impression, which was just an absolute ripoff of everything from Brando, uh, really was wretched. But Shia was looking like he was going to be the next big thing, and now nothing. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what type of breakdown this guy is is enduring. I, I it, this is a hard one to calculate. It's not like a. It's not like a Lindsay Lohan breakdown, which is just self-destruction, you know, drinking and drugs and that kind of stuff. Oh, no. I think this might be more mental, dude. And, and I agree. This, this, this looks and feels a lot more mental. But in that same regard, the guy is still making movies. So he's still got enough mental faculty about him to act in movies and steal people's work note for note well <laughs> there's that so i mean there is he giving his, any more roles well, though he just did nymphomaniac yeah good point good point um, you know it, you know and granted the these this meltdown seems to be in the last year or so and i'm sure nymphomaniac was in the can prior to this mm -hmm. um you know and he was in that that 
that boring Tom Hardy uh, old style. Yeah, the, 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 the Depression era yeah, bootlegger which film. I can't remember the name of, which no. is just kind of boring. But, no, um, Dean DeHaan was probably the best part of that movie. Yeah. Well, that was Jessica Chastain in that? Yeah, she was in it and uh, Guy Pierce. Um, oh, actually, he, yeah, he was creepy. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it, this latest incident seems like less of... Uh, less self-promotional than some of his other stuff. Oh. Other stuff was weird. This here just seems like... Like he was just going mental. Well, and you do have to wonder if the timing of this with it being Transformers Weekend may not be showing that we are talking somebody who's right on the verge of starting to lose it. Mm. Because it looked like he was going to be the one tied to this franchise for the rest of his life. And... Now he's just been completely eliminated from what, understandably so. I, I didn't think you could keep rolling out the w- wiki clan in these films. Out and it, admittedly, they were getting somehow where they'd be more obnoxious and annoying in every single role, mm-hmm. uh, every single film. But still, I, I, I hope if he needs help, he's going to get it. I don't. I don't like or dislike Shia, but I don't want to see somebody going down some path of no return here either. And I agree with you especially. It's not a Lindsay Lohan thing where she was kind of her own train wreck. Mm -hmm. She had all the money. She got it way too quick and just fucking partied way too hard. I mean, now she's what, in London? And I hear she's back. Oh, yeah. She's falling right back. Because she's in London now where she's out of the reach of our, our jurisdiction. So, And she's in... What, Speed the Plow? Is that the role that David Mamet won? Which ought to be interesting, because if I remember, Speed the Plow is only like two or three people in it for the entire thing. So, either she's going to have her shit together, or the other two people got some heavy lifting to do throughout. Yeah, I, I don't even know how you cast her in a movie at this point, but... Well, this is not even a movie. This is a, on their version of Broadway, right, 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 which right. to me is even scarier, because at least a movie you can call Cut. It may be 80 takes before you get it right. You can't do that when you're in Broadway. Right. And I don't know that the Brits are going to put up with their bullshit. But, uh-huh. again, Shia, I hope he gets help, but who knows. So, I find it fascinating that of all the movies you could theoretically reboot from the 80s, why would... Doug, was it Lyman, Lehman, who's directed Edge of Tomorrow, choose the 80s film Victory as the film to reboot. The Sylvester Stallone Pele soccer film. (laughs) This is what we're targeting. Yeah. What is there to reboot about Victory? Are are people running with the whole soccer frenzy a little too much right now? Are people oh, getting caught up in World Cup fever to the point where they think that a Victory reboot will actually be a good thing? Well, you consider, though, that a lot of movies these days are, are created for the international box office. Good, good in, point. In, in mind. Um... You know, you know, we're sitting here in this. In this, the worst thing that could have happened was the Americans advancing to the next round because now we have to sit here and listen to another couple weeks of just this World Cup bullshit in this country 
that the media and a, a few few people in your office building that are, are pretending to give a shit about, uh, and, and nobody, nobody gives a fuck inside the United States about the World Cup. The other day when we were sitting in the calf and the, the World Cup game yeah. came on, yeah. I loved the people coming. Oh, the World Cup games! Are, you know, you won't give a fuck you, whatsoever about name soccer. Name a player on yeah. the American squad. As soon as this season is over for the U.S. team, which will probably be in the next game, none of these people will bring up nope. soccer again nope. for four fucking years. Nope, they won't. And they can and they can put away whatever gear they bought solely yeah. for this weird show of Americanism right now. Right. And just let it let it rot until four years from now they can roll it back out again. I was actually it was funny because I was dissing soccer in the office the other day, and a certain director overheard me who may have been one of those at the table. I can and, I can picture who that would be. And they may have made a comment. Wow, you sound very angry about this. I said it's not that I'm angry. It's that it's it's a ridiculous sport that has never had any hold on the U.S., no matter how much people try to force it down our throats. I didn't play the, that I, uh, the other belief I have that it's also pushed down our throats for because of political correctness. That because it's such an internationally popular sport, the political collect, politically correct group feel that we're supposed to embrace it. Because all the other nations have. We don't have to. There are plenty of other sports that they've got over there that we don't. You know what some other countries embrace that we haven't? Female circumcision. <laughs> why are we not embracing this then? Right. Because some countries have. They, they like it. Ethnic cleansing. Ethnic, well, you know, <laughs> maybe there is something behind fascism. There could be. Hey, and hey. we ought to embrace it. In fact, maybe we need, every time we turn the fucking news on, to listen to five minutes of World Cup talk. Yeah. As soon as, I don't care what broadcast it is. And again, the local Portland station, five in the morning I turn it on, and there's this little 23-year-old blondine right out of college that's their little, we'll put her in the fucking winter jacket and stand her next yeah. to the waves crashing. No, she's getting soccer lessons. Yeah. And it's like, come on. It is, it is stupid. I mean, let's uh, let's take a half an hour and break down this, uh, this scintillating 0-0 game. <laughs> Do you realize there's how many zero zero games we've already had? Oh yeah, it's this is exactly why Americans will never embrace soccer. No. We just won't. We ha cannot embrace something like that. And I know there are people. There are people will say, "Well, hockey scores are close." You're right, but break down how much action there is in a hockey game right. compared to soccer. Right. It's not even close. In fact, I think the only, the closest comparison somebody could have to lack of action would be maybe baseball. And still, baseball is a different type of sport. It's not just watching people randomly kick a ball on this oversized field back and forth. Hey, uh, you know, I, I, all the respect for soccer athlete. They're one of the most conditioned athletes. No in the question, world, no doubt. I don't even have any issue if if you. If you like soccer, or I don't have any issue that, that this is the international game and stuff like that, but 
just like the Olympics, you don't give a fuck. So don't pretend to give a fuck. Yeah. And that's what, what 99% of the hype in this country is, is pretending to give a fuck. Like every time, yeah, like the Olympics, like you said. Yeah. All of a sudden, people do. And and it's this weird thing. Well, and it, I'll even extend it to overly political themes. Remember after right after 9-11, how everybody all of a sudden was wearing their t-shirts with American flags mm. and their FDNY hats and... You're going, come on. Look, I I get feeling proud of your own country. I do understand that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we can sit here and do what we do without any repercussion just shows the the fact that we get it. Right. But it's fake Americanism, though. Oh, yeah. And it's being forced down the... In fact, you know what it is? They're marketing it towards people that will buy in. Certainly. And they'll dump their they'll they'll dump their food stamp money on this <laughs> bullshit that they don't need, and all of a sudden like a sport that they don't like. Oh, but as soon as the Americans are out, they're done. Oh yeah, certainly. And it's over. Yeah. Um, but but to go back to the movie Victory, I mean, yeah. <laughs> do you what, remember what this you, film? What do you? Uh, I remember the title. I never saw it, oh, so I don't know what the ending was. It, it was was based, it supposed to be based on a true event? Not really. It was basically like they were all... You know what it was? It was... uh, The longest yard was soccer. They were basically like prisoners playing against the the guards. But this was like fascist country and we're all prisoners of war. And so Stallone found himself on the same field as Pele. And Max von Sydow was the one running the place. Awesome. And of course, it, it ends with that the goal, the game winning kick at the very very end. In fact, it may have been a corner kick or penalty kick or something. I don't know. And the flashing of the victory sign as the the prisoners are storming their way out. It was, but it was supposed to be almost like this. They're the Nazis, and we're we're the the captives that are trying to get out. It. But it was all based around a fucking soccer game. Right. And this soccer game was like the last half hour of the goddamn movie, too. It was forever. Well, if, if uh, whatever the intentions are to reboot something like this, I, I suspect it has uh, something to do with they figure it'll, it'll make some money internationally. But if they're going to release it in this country, they probably want to hold on to it until the next World Cup comes right. around. Because <laughs> if, you, if you throw this thing in the theaters, in American theaters... Two years from now, two years removed from the World Cup, and two years before the next one, nobody's Dude, going. It'll be a bust. Nobody is going. Absolute bust. I'm not going. Hell no. So I find it fascinating because I, when I was looking at you the find fa- a lot fascinating. I do, but I was looking at the fact. Well, everyone knows that last week was the 25th anniversary of Tim Burton's Batman. What did that movie mean to you? Did did it work for you at the same level it seems to have for a lot of people? Is it still, does it still seem classic to you? Have you revisited it all? No, you know, for its time, it was pretty impressive. Right. Um, I I think I got, you know, visually, I think, uh, I'll even say that, that from a comic book feel... Uh, Gotham felt a lot darker and grittier in his films than I've seen in anything 
Um, you know, granted, Nolan's Nolan's flicks have uh, certainly have given it a more realistic, modern feel to it, but they just feel like cities. Whereas when when Burton put this thing out, it was this was essentially just a comic book character. We didn't really have any history outside of Adam West, which you know barely qualifies because that was just campy TV. Um, which reminds me. Uh-huh. On the Adam West thing, have you seen the cover shot of the Garmin Kevin Smith issues? No, not yet. It is they nail Adam Smith, uh, Adam Smith, Adam West, and Burt Ward nice. to a T. I don't know that I can bother reading a, a that type of Batman along with the Green Hornet, which to me is just a, an awful character anyway. But <clears throat> anyway, but. Uh, I, I, it was certainly a, a the Burton sort of redefined what we could expect at the time from a comic book franchise, mm-hmm. from the look and the feel and, and the characters. You know, Nicholson. Um, you know, when, when I look back at the at the Joker, it's certainly going to be Heath Ledger's version that I'll that I'll say was the best. But for nearly twenty some for nearly twenty years, Nicholson was, was the one to judge it against. Sure, absolutely. Um, but to that end, I have not really revisited it. Um, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw it. See, for my money, I I actually liked that film a lot. Even though I would argue that the next film of his was a Batman Returns. That had Pfeiffer as the Catwoman, DeVito as the Penguin. Mm-hmm. I actually like more. Mm-hmm. But it also had Christopher Walken, which right. is... Uh, you can't go wrong with Christopher Walken. Right. But, yeah, I, I, I think that... It, at times you hear it get that film getting harsh a little... Or judged a little harshly. And I get it now because Burton's kind of become a dirty word. Much like we're going to discuss Michael Bay... What people expect of Burton now is borderline shitty because he he's kind of an eccentric and he gets way so into the visuals that it, it sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't. But we were in a pretty dark period for comic book films when that one came out because I'm trying to think of the, the other comic book movies we, we have may have had. Right, but we would have been on around what Superman four around then, um, which was what the Quest for Peace I think. Or in literally Howard the Duck like two years prior. So we're not talking about... We, we didn't have a great amount of history other than Superman 1 and yeah. 2 if you really held that film in any high regard. So what Tim Burton did really was gave hope to the nerd that at some point we that we could actually see some good work done with these characters. Right. As long as they were given the right treatment, right amount of money. Um, and, and I don't know, it, it may be unfair that a lot of people look at anything pre-Nolan, they see that Joel Schumacher crap Oh, from, yeah, good from point. the 90s and stuff, and they just lump all this stuff into one, and that's not fair. Because, you know, like I said, Burton's version of Batman wasn't, for the time, was, was epic. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah, you saw a glimpse into what could be. Um, but, you know, it, it, when I look at... at, at at that first flick and the plot and stuff like that and, and what it was, you know, I can't, t- I can't sit here and say that the dark Knight rises was any, uh, it was, was no masterpiece, you know, oh, compared no. to, 
compared to the first Batman that Burton did. You know, I think the, I think, I think that where we are today, Burton deserves a lot of credit for, you know, blazing a trail for what we could see in comic book movies later on. You know, technology's advanced and all that stuff, so what we get now is a lot better. Right, yeah, yeah, you gotta, if you're judging the look of a film Mm -hmm. between then and now, people have to be very cognizant of that fact. Sure. That, especially over the past 30 years, Mm technology-wise and filmmaking, we have just gone leaps and bounds. Yeah. I mean, again, you could go back and look at the the Return of the Jedi, everyone, back in the day, that speeder bike scene, you hadn't seen anything like that. Right. It looked amazing. Now, if you go back and watch it, like oh, it so looks like people that were sitting on this plastic thing, just rocking back and forth yeah. with movie played behind them. It, right. it, we didn't care. It was the, we had no other frame of reference to judge it against. So, yeah, but I haven't revisited that in, in a very long time. What I found even more interesting is the movie that came out the next weekend. Even though I don't think this would have taken the weekend, was Karate Kid Part Three. So, the week after, i got to believe Batman must have taken the week again, because I don't remember Karate Kid Part 3 being a massive success. It did fine. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I, don't know. I don't know how much damage Karate Kid 2 did to that franchise's reputation. Um, I don't remember Karate Kid 2 being that bad. No, it just it, wasn't it went, great. It went completely downhill from there. Yeah. Well, Karate Kid's one of those one of those flicks that just it didn't need to be anything more than that first film. Well, you're about the, to get a, a second one with Jaden Smith, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, it, it didn't need it didn't need more. We didn't need more stories of Daniel San and Mr. Miyagi. I would agree. That first one, it was it was one of those lightning in a bottles gem flicks that sort of came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it stood the test of time, as far as I'm concerned. I can still sit and watch Great the original movie. Karate Kid. It's a, it's a good flick. It's a good... But it, it's good because that film was all about the character. Sure. I mean, it got really into the relationship of, of what made Miyagi about an tick. an old man and, and a young boy. <laughs> wow, I never really considered it that way. With the young boy coming over and doing things for the old man. Doing, yes, doing, uh... <laughs> yes. Wax on, wax off, yes. takes on a whole new meaning. Uh-huh. So, oh, fuck. God damn it. There we go. So you're fascinated by something I know. No. No? No. Frank Darabont. Yeah. Is going to be doing Snow White and the Huntsman 2, apparently. Uh, I heard rumor of that, yes. But what's interesting is there will be no Snow White in it. Okay. They're basically doing a sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman... That's going to have Charlize Theron and Chris Hemsworth, but they're writing Snow White out of this. Well, I, I don't care about this franchise, but that's 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 two things that can't hurt your franchise. Adding Frank Darabont and removing Kristen Stewart. Well, and, and that is exactly where I'm going with this. Is I remember having paid to see that in the theater. And I didn't hate this movie. I, di- I really didn't hate this. Yeah. 
But scenes with Kristen Stewart gnawing on her lip, deflated at times what that movie could be. Yeah. That was Charlize's movie. As sure. the queen, she was fantastic. I've never really, I didn't really have any like or dislike as, of Hemsworth as the, the huntsman. Yeah. I get it. It's, he was the eye candy. I know that now this is, oh, he was a great actor. He yeah. wasn't there for his acting. No. Let's not even go there. Charlize was there for the acting and she owned it. But, yeah, this is more about the fact that I just don't think Darabont wants Kristen Stewart in his film. And maybe their thought also is, well, then let's take The Huntsman, who was arguably more popular, and run with it. Don't know how they're going to bring the Queen back, because last I knew, didn't she get trapped her own, by her own mirror or something? And Yeah, unless, unless they go... A pre... I don't know if it... I don't know how they would work it. Ultimately, I don't even give a fuck. It's true. (laughs) This this doesn't sound like anything that's within my wheelhouse. Well, it's it's one of those sequels, kind of like Pacific Rim 2, where I'm I'm literally going... Well, I guess we knew that was going to happen, but... Did, did we enjoy the first one so much that we feel this needs a sequel? Right. And, and, I, and I hate trashing Pacific Rim because it is a, it's a good-looking film. And it's Guillermo del Toro who you should be able to do perfection here. But there were so many things wrong in that film that you can point mm-hmm. at that I can't find myself getting excited at all that they've announced a Pacific Rim 2. I'm, I'm not. I know there are some people that have embraced the first film like it was the greatest thing ever. And I, I've revisited it and what I remember complaining about, I complained about the second time through. It's, it's not a great film. We didn't need a sequel. We don't need a sequel to Snow White and the Huntsman. We don't need a sequel to Pacific Rim. There's just not enough there. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, the year Snow White came out, weren't there actually two Snow White films that year? Yeah, you had that stupid Julia Roberts. And Nathan Lane. Before he was doing the Nance. Uh-huh. And uh, Eyebrows well, Bakuchi. doing the Nance. That's <laughs> a point. Eyebrows, whatever. Oh, Lily Collins, who I just see her, I'm like, she's freaky looking. Do something about those fucking caterpillars you got. So, to wrap it up, I do have a news of the offbeat. Okay. So, Raleigh Durham had a great idea. They decided that they were going to have a race for charity. And they called it, and I quote, the sexy schoolgirl 5K. And what they wanted was only women to get out their sexiest schoolgirl outfits and run down the street. I think this is a great idea. But needless to say, there's been some backlash against this. You think? To the point that they've had to pull it. And what's great is that apparently they'd already started to kind of trademark the idea in four other cities... Major cities had stepped up because they were going to do their own. So I'm wondering if this is not an opportunity lost. This sounds like a jiggle film in the making here. Well, what's the charity? What that it, it was supposedly for charity. It didn't say what it was. Well, that, I can't that, find any any That's proof. a problem. That's you, why yeah. I'm saying this sounds to me like somebody said, we have the newest idea for the next Girls Gone Wild franchise. Yeah. Let's run with the fitness craze, no pun intended. And say the sexy schoolgirl. Have everyone dress up in their best sexy schoolgirl gear and run because down Because everybody's got sexy schoolgirl gear floating around in their closets. <laughs> it, it, it to me was, 
and, and the fact that they were surprised at the backlash. Well, and then, yeah, there, therein lies the problem here. First of all, if you were going to, uh, you need to, if this is going to be for a charity, you need to, to be upfront about what this charity is. It needs to be something legitimate and stuff. But yeah, if you thought you were going to roll this out and you weren't going to get backlash, <laughs> you're kind of stupid. Well, yeah. The, <laughs> That that was that's it, it was nuts. Well, and, and you know there are some people that are look. I think people get way overboard on what offends them and stuff, but I get it here. This is the same thing as saying, "Well, I have an idea. Let's have the only women between the ages of eighteen and twenty-five." Between weights of 100 and 130 pounds, have a topless run for charity. Right. I think it's a great idea. Right. And why could anybody ever argue? It's for charity. Right. The charity is my own videotaping. Um, but, you know, it it's just amazes me the, 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 the level some people will stoop to to get their perv on. There was this great video. Well, have you seen this video? Is that some kid got his ass beat up because he was flying one of those remote control helicopters with a camera over a beach? And oh, dude, it, it is one of the funniest things I've heard in a long time because he he's like seventeen, and some chick, and he's flying low enough that apparently he is videotaping people, and he seems to be hovering over women in bikinis. And some chick goes to challenge him, and he records the whole thing. Because he, she's asked him what he's doing, and he kind of gets, like, smarmy about it. And so she, he's there on the beach? He's just up right. above the beach, controlling it, flying it, and looking oh, but, at the but little... But she found him. She knew who was. Yeah, because she saw him with the control. And she goes and challenges him on it, and beats the living shit out of him. And he's recording it the whole time, so... I'm going to bust your ass, motherfucker, and lays him out. It's one of the funniest fucking things I've heard. And it's kid just getting his perv on, which... Well, in, well, uh, well d define kid here, because if this is like 12 well, or 13 like, years right, old... No, he's like 17. All right, then... He, he's, not, he's still not an adult, and the thing is, literally, the cops had or did arrest the girl for yeah. battery, because she beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And the whole time... his ass kicked. Oh, it, it, it's. I think he deserved it. Yeah. But he did exactly, admittedly, what I would have done if I had that same setup back in my teenage years. That would have been stuff for the spank bank, I'm sure. But well, probably sure. But you know, it, it it's cute if this is just some you know kid who's like 12 or 13 years old. And stuff yeah. Like he, but once you get up there to your to your later teens, when you're old enough. Old enough to know a little better, especially in today's day and age when you don't need to go and do stuff well, like that. That's what baffled me is, why do you feel you have to go fight? Guarantee there's plenty of videos you can find out mm -hmm. there that were shot legally that will mm -hmm. give you everything you're looking for. Right. So, so it, it just strikes me as he's just a, an arrogant little smartass. And he thought he was going to get away with it. And, and again, she got arrested, but when she's beating him up... Call the police! Call the police! And the thing is, if I'm not mistaken, she had already called the police before when she started to challenge him. So the cops are already on their way. Hmm. But when they get there, because she was beating him up, they had to haul her off. But still, I think the 
little bastard got everything he deserved. I mean, yeah. that's, that's being a pervy douchebag, that plain that simple. Right. There needs to be more street justice. <laughs> Yeah, and it was funny. I think when I heard it, I was listening to uh, the film drunk guys talking about it. Right, and they of course they were dying over it. It was it was just beautiful. But yeah, so anyway, sexy schoolgirl five k apparently is not going to happen. Oh well, I'll have to see if I can get a refund on my tickets. No doubt. All right, we'll come back with a little what we watched. Come on, Eddie. Let's go to the movies. Let's go see the stars. Cowboy heroes, cops and robbers, glamour and strife, bigger than life. Sitting in the darkness, what a world to see. Let's go to the movies anyway. So, uh, what we watched yes. since the last flick. What was the last podcast? It was... Uh, it was our Willow Creek uh, Bobcat. So Bobcat, which, as we record this, still isn't up yet, so I'll have to beat our uh, tech, guy. tech guy tomorrow about that. Um, so you'll see a couple of podcasts coming, like, back-to-back. But, yeah, whatever. Um, so, what we watched. How many, how many do you have on your... Uh, Dose. That's it. Shit, I'm not prepared here. I gotta see how many I've got that are that are worthy here. My my week, past two weeks has been spent. I finally I've officially gotten through all of Battlestar Galactica. So four. I got four. So I guess I'll. Uh, you can cover all of them. I'll knock a couple of them. No 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 no. Cover them. No 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 no. I mean I'll, I'll knock a couple out. Oh okay. First. Yep. That way to to get out. And I'll I'll go with the the two that were. The worst. Um, I like Seth MacFarlane. I like his sense of humor for the most part. Uh, I don't hate Family Guy, but I thought Ted was a refreshingly funny movie. Yep. But I, I, you know, Seth MacFarlane's one of these things. For everything that that hits, four or five things won't. Um, he, he's the master of uh, just milking any gag he can over and over and over and along and along and along. That, <clears throat> so, you know, you take him or leave him in some regards. I, I usually like what he does. A Million Ways to Die in the Last is a colossal piece of shit. There is no redeeming quality to this movie whatsoever. That bums it's me out, not- too. Because that was one of the funniest Red Band trailers that I'd seen out in a how long. Well, and you know the the you know and, and I when I saw the first one, I thought it was uh, uh, I thought it looked funny too. I was expecting some more Ted level stuff, and yeah, it did. Those jokes do not play out over and over again. Um, and when you finally see them up on the big screen and in their context, they're just not funny anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I laughed. I laughed once in an almost two-hour movie. Yeah, um, it does. His humor here didn't seem as edgy as it can be. It seemed a lot more watered down. Almost two hours seems like an awful long time to to go at a comedy too. Yeah, um, especially a western comedy. 
Um, but, but yeah, I mean, all of the familiar McFarlane tropes are here, just in a, in a more watered down, not as funny thing. I mean, nobody really stands out as exceptional. I mean, yeah, Sarah Silverman and uh, Giovanni Ribisi are, are mildly entertaining at times, but not enough to to offset some of the other shit that's going on. Wow. You look amazing. And uh, maybe a little uncomfortable. I look like Jane Austen threw up all over me. You do, you do not look like Jane Austen threw No, you look, you look absolutely beautiful. You can breathe in that thing, right? There's nothing I like more than putting on some loose baggy clothes, you know, just being able to relax. Yeah, no, this is an end-of-the-workday outfit you have on. Yeah, no, I, I'm very glad I remembered the six items I somehow require to hold up my pants. Oh, yeah. I like your bustle, by the way. Oh, yeah. I really love that the most alluring fashion statement a woman can make today is to simulate a fat ass. That is a simulation of a fat ass Thank right you. there. If I was a black guy, this is the meanest trick you could play on me. <laughs> because I... Because I'd be like, oh my god, look, there's a fat ass, my favorite. And then I'd lift it up and I'd be like, ah, oh, it's a big joke. I know, exactly. Because look, when you lift it up, there's nothing but a metal cage under there. Wow. You are ready to relieve the stress of the day. Um, yeah, I, this, this, is, this is the worst movie I've seen this year. That's... And that's, you know, unfortunate. The worst thing is... You... I've heard that from a lot of places. <laughs> it just it just wasn't funny. There's really no point in uh, in milking that uh, discussion anymore. Uh, the other movie that I'll bring up, um, I I didn't hate this movie. I actually, actually of the franchise, I'd say it's probably middle of the pack. It's nowhere near the worst in the franchise. And it actually gives me more story into the franchise than almost any of the sequels did. And it was Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. Which was sort of the the Latin... Well, they, this was sort of advertised as this Latin spin-off to the Paranormal Activity franchise. And for three quarters or better of the film... You, you don't really see any tie to paranormal activity. Um, and, you know, it takes place in uh, somewhere in Latin America. I'm not sure. Um, so, so there's a lot of that whole, you know, crazy, crazy voodoo lady vibe to it. You know, the, the, the mamacita and, and, uh, you know, and her cleansing rituals and all this kind of stuff. Um, and then at the very end, you see where it ties into the actual franchise and into the, the Katie Mika world. And, hmm. and it was actually kind of, kind of, uh, out of nowhere at the very end. I thought, well, that's kind of cool to see how that ends and I won't, I won't spoil it but um it, where i thought paranormal activity one I, I enjoyed it for what it was i thought it was a good good low budget throwback to horror paranormal two it was just the same shtick in a, in a different house with a pool vacuum yes yeah with a pool vacuum um didn't really give you much much more the third one i thought actually started to all right, now we're starting to expand the story a little bit, mm -hmm. maybe getting a little bit of back. And then 4 just, I don't even know what they were trying to do with 4 because it was just a complete waste of time. 
I think the marked ones here, I think, sort of helped bring it back on track, at least. You know, not a great flick. You know, I'm not going to say it's a, it's any better than just a two out of five. It's a paranormal activity flick. Um, but, but it certainly was better than the last thing we got. The lady who got killed, she lives right under me. I had an idea. Let's go check downstairs. Holy, there's blood everywhere. Katie, Katie and Christy. What is this? This is some black magic stuff. Hey. She's got pictures of you. How does she have pictures of you? Dude, I had craziest dreams. Check it out. What is it? It looks like a like a bite or something. Yeah, I've been getting this weird feeling. Have you guys ever felt like somebody's just watching you? You got change? Yeah, I got change. It'll be interesting to see what they've got for five, which is coming out this uh, this year. If if they're gonna move and, and build off of what you got here, or if they're just gonna give you more bullshit. Yeah, I'll be curious. Four. Not again, not having seen the film. If they will use this thing as a build-off point, or if they'll just still have this almost like a, a separate arm of the franchise. Not that I think they're going to do any franchise out of the marked ones, because the movie didn't do much at the box office. Well... Not that it has to. Of course, it was in January. Yeah, and I have to is. wonder if if they really just noticed that, that the fourth one was such a, a disaster that they needed something out there to to bring it back into focus, to keep it fresh in people's minds, to... To actually revisit the story they wanted to try to tell here, so that you know, so that people will think that there's still hope <laughs> for the next one. You know, this isn't highbrow film uh, filming by any stretch, but uh, but it, you know, it was entertaining for a paranormal activity flick. Um, but still, it was two out of five. But mm-hmm. but but if you're a fan of the franchise and this stuff, it, it's worth it's worth a look. Mm-hmm. Go for it. So, I saw one of those sequels that you knew would come eventually, but <laughs> it still seemed to take a long time. That was 300 Rise of an Empire. This Themistocles has shown himself to be quite brilliant in battle. Which is more than I can say for any of you. Do you gentlemen find my command unreasonable? Is it too much to ask for victory? For though I stand among 10,000, I am alone. I long for a soul who would stand by my side, who I could trust. Tell me, General Kashani, are you that man? You will taste your victory by the day's end. I will make certain of it. Um, it's you, you know what you're going to get here. Uh, it's it's done with the exact same look and feel of the original 300. Um, it it's what I think is fa- really fascinating. The way they approach this film is it isn't done as a sequel. It isn't. It's basically supposed to be on another front of, during the exact same battle is here are the, the people from Athens who are also fighting 
the 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 uh, Xerxes horde, and they're the ones who are apparently are, are the sailors and whatnot. So they're fighting on the, the waterfront, but they keep referencing what's going on with the Spartan battle, holding I can't remember the name of the pass that they were. The 300 were blocking. Um, the Pass of Gas. We'll it, go with that. We'll go with that. that. That's fine. But, so, to me, story-wise, they had an interesting idea. And that's basically, so, you knew that the dude, Xerxes, wasn't going to throw his army at this one group, all of it. We have other things going on. The movie itself is not great. It, it, it takes a little bit to get going. It... To a certain extent, I think that 300 look and feel may have been played out by the end of Spartacus. I love Spartacus, but it's tiresome that every single shot, you see the, the sword swing and the fake splat of blood all over it. It gets old real quick. And this movie, within five minutes in, you've already had like five or six different times where they slow the scene right down. And you, mm. you see the horses rearing up and the shot takes like 30 seconds. It, it gets old as hell. Um, what also doesn't help is that the lead character is not compelling whatsoever. What is cool is that Eva Green, though, as the villain, she needs to do more villain roles. Did you ever see, speaking of the Tim Burton films, uh, Dark Shadows? Yes. The movie sucked, but she at least embraced being the villain. She was the only watchable thing about that movie. Mm -hmm. The Camelot series, which ended up being absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. Her, Morgana Le Fay, by far the best part of that series. Mm -hmm. And here, she is leaps and bounds above everybody. Right. She needs to keep doing villain roles. I like Eva Green. She's not hard on the eyes, but that alone is not that she's just good. And some of the battle scenes she did, I thought she did a really good job. I'm sure someone was stunt double, but it made those scenes enjoyable to watch. The movies, I can't really recommend unless you've flat out have to revisit 300 and knowing that Spartacus on Sci-Fi Network now, I think, what, Tuesday nights? Oh, probably it? would... Well, I, I wouldn't recommend watching that on would, there. Well, let's be honest. What? Each episode might be 30 seconds yeah. long. They'll, they'll show Between one thing. the language, the nudity, and the, and the blood. And right. The they, can't, they won't show anything. Sci-Fi tends to over-edit anyway. Yeah. But if you're dying for a 300 fix, this is fine. Um... Not a great movie, though. I'd give it a 2 out of 5. Yeah, I liked the the original 300 enough. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I've never revisited it. I watched it the one time. Mm. So I've had no excitement ever for this one. This is going to be one of those, like, way down my priority list, maybe <laughs> eventually. I don't know. When 300 came out, I fucking loved that movie. I yeah. saw it in the theater one, but it's the day it can't landed on DVD. We bought it, and I think we watched it three times that week. Nice. Um, because I hadn't seen anything like that. Yeah. The only thing you could compare it to, really, was Sin City and the Log. Yeah. Um, but, like I say, now it feels played, because at, by the time we got through Spartacus, and again, fantastic show. Mm -hmm. Yep. Totally underrated show, but that thing definitely played out that look sure. and didn't need another visit. So, anyway, two out of five. Cool. Um, the next movie I'm going to bring up was actually a very good movie. Um, and, and the last two movies that I have are actually um, 
apples and oranges. But the first, but they're both very good. Uh, the first one, um, uh, The Fault in Our Stars. He's a grace. I, I hope you realize you trying to keep your distance from me in no way lessens my affection for you. All your efforts to keep me from you are going to fail. Look, uh, I like you. And I like hanging out with you and everything, but I, I can't let this go on any further. Uh, why not? Because I don't want to hurt you. I, I, I wouldn't mind. No, you don't understand. I do understand. No, you no, don't No, I know what understand. you're trying to say. And I, I, Hazel, I'm saying I wouldn't mind. It'd be a privilege to have my heart broken by you. Gus, I'm a grenade. You. One day I'm going to explode. And I'm going to obliterate everything in my wake. And I don't know. I just, I feel like it's my responsibility to minimize the casualties. Yeah, I want to see this. Um, Shailene Woodley and Ansel Elgort. Thanks for... Thanks for whoever gave him that name, which is hard to pronounce. Um, star as uh, two kids who meet in a cancer support group because they have this. That is the happiest oh, idea. Yes, the ever happiest had. of places. It's based off of a uh, of a young adult book, which that, that's a pretty heavy theme for a young adult book about a girl who's battling cancer and 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 he has can well, He's in remission when they they meet and stuff. Um, it, you know what? This could have easily just fallen into some sappy Nicholas Sparks trap. That's the kind of thing. It doesn't do that at all. This this is really a very well done, well written, uh, extremely well acted take. Um, spends a lot of time focusing on. Well, yes, it's a love story. And it's about their relationship. It doesn't ignore how this impacts people around them. Uh, her parents, specifically, a friend uh, of theirs who also was a part of this. They're, those things are not ignored. This isn't just some sappy romance thing. Um, Elgort's character, Gus, a little bit just too perfect, a little unrealistically perfect in, in the way his character is presented. But he's, you know, he's charismatic as all hell, so you, so you like him anyway. Um, yeah, just, just well done. Um, Willem Dafoe has a, a, a part in this. Uh, it's, it's a little, little cliché. I don't know how if it really worked for me. Um, you know, his his arc is is brief. Not sure I like the way his arc ends. Um, uh, but but a small that that's a small pick um woodley is is an absolute superstar as far as i'm concerned you know people will call her jennifer lawrence light i think right now but i i, I think that's unfair i think she has every because she isn't you know this this quirky chick who's getting all the media attention i think it's unfair because I, I think she's every every ounce as talented as jennifer lawrence mm -hmm. um at least what i've seen so far she has a very different kind of movie coming out towards the end of the year. Is it the, the Mockingbird? The, and it's, I guess it's very R-rated. It's going to be the first time she's really embracing a very adult role. Yeah. And I'm going to be interested to see what she does with it. Because I, I, I'm with you on Shailene. Well, I, I, would, I wouldn't call this role uh, a walk in the park. No, no, no. But it's still a young adult novel. Sure. Um, 
no, this was uh, was really good. Yes, um, you know it, it's it's kids with cancer. It's an emotional film. You will cry. It's meant to make you cry in some regards. Did you see it in the theater? I did see it in the theater. Um, it wasn't a very full theater. Uh, probably like, just was, as well. It was a Tuesday night thing. Um, yeah, there may have been there might have been ten people in there. So. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's real good. I mean, yeah, sure. It's it's you know it's it's certainly geared more towards um, teenage girls and stuff from the love story aspect. But if you're a fan of of well written movies and acting and stuff like that, uh, certainly uh, certainly a highly entertaining and watchable. An easy four out of five. Well, what I found fascinating, I know I use that word way too much, but fuck you, is a, a, a director you like a lot is doing that author's next book. And that, uh, oh, wait, next book, sorry, first book. And that's Sarah Pauly. Uh, yeah, I heard something, I'm trying to find the name of it. It's something, something about Alaska. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's, it's. I've heard that. Same, very heavy, and she's apparently going to, to be doing it. So I, I I think this is interesting. Yeah. Is uh yeah she's she's definitely a good actress. I mean, good director. So mm-hmm. oh, um, I thought take take this waltz was one of my favorite movies a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was a fantastic film. Um. Yeah, but uh, Fault in Our Stars, good shit. All right. Well. I saw Happy Christmas, the new film by Anna Kendrick and Lena Dunham. And I, I don't know, I, was this one where they like go to somebody's house or something for Christmas? Anna Kendrick is is this twenty something who can't get her shit together, so she moves to her to live with her brother in Chicago. Her her brother's married. Um. Her brother's wife is a author, but she's taking time off from writing. She's a, a fair, was an established author, but taking time off from writing to be stay-at-home mom. Was they, this Dunham? No, no. Okay. Actually, the chick who played the wife was, and I, I, I can't think of her name. If you ever saw Two and a Half Men, there was the. No. Back in the Charlie Sheen days, there was this chick named Rose who was like the stalker that kept appearing. Mm-hmm. She lived in the beach house next door and would just climb up in the window and stuff. Good for her. Yeah, I, I know. But she's been in a bunch of stuff. Here, I was shocked because she had a British accent, which I've never heard. But yeah, I know. Lena Dunham plays basically like the, the one who's been their babysitter slash uh, whatever. At pot dealer. Mm-hmm. Um... And it's basically how Lena's character and Anna Kendrick's character start forming this bond and decide that they need to get the the brother's wife reinvigorated in writing. So they start trying to get her career going again. Why do they care? Okay, so he is going to have to have uh, lunch. Yeah. Um, and a little snack, a good thing for him to have with any of that. Okay. Um... If he tries to get cookies, uh, no, he can't have cookies. Okay. But there's something in the fridge. Um, it's wrapped in saran wrap, and it's obviously like... This His is lunch. The, yeah, baby okay. lunch. Okay. Um, but I'll show you. It's this there. Um, yeah. Uh, so just heat that up in the microwave mm-hmm. for like 30 seconds. Do you want me to like text you updates every like... 
Oh, if you... I can, like, send you pictures. He's still alive. <laughs> if you want to. Yeah. Okay. That would be... Yeah. Okay. You're, are you nervous? Or? No, I'm excited. I'm excited. He's, I'm going to make him love me. <laughs> he loves you. And here's the problem. <laughs> this film is first-class mumblecore hipster shit throughout. Yeah. And you find yourself watching it going, this is just hipster agenda stuff. They have no reason to give a fuck whatsoever well, about this. It's It literally feels like a hipster said, you know what would look like a trademark hipster film? This. Well, don't don't box mumblecore into one little package because there are good mumblecore. There, there are. There. there are. No, I'm saying it's a hybrid okay. of, of mumblecore <laughs> With the with the hipster cliches, right. I mean, right down to the the first night Anna lands there, she goes out to a party with Lena, and it's every hipster cliche that you would see at a hipster party yeah. is here in full. Yeah, and it's just one hipster thing after another. Um, and but it is a mumblecore type film, right? So everything about it feels very minimalistic, yeah. kind of real. Not really shaky cam, but clearly one camera shot, really snap cut. Mm-hmm. Um, which would be fine if there was a reason for the frenetic pace to it. Yeah. But there's nothing. And this is a comedy that I literally thought was 45 minutes in and looked at my wife and said, I haven't even cracked a smile at this film. Mm-hmm. It really tries to be almost like and embrace what's good about you and run with it, that you can do it. Being a mom's doesn't keep you from writing, but it it feels blunted. It feels lost. And it's one of those things, too. We're in this weird thing now. When we're going to discuss the Terminator film, which was two and three quarter hours. You discussed A Million Ways to Die in the West at almost two hours. But there's also this other weird thing now with a lot of movies rolling out of like 85 minutes. And feeling way longer than that. Yeah. This is one of those films that by the time you hit the hour mark, you're thinking you're easily an hour and a half to an hour and three quarters in this sucker. Yeah. Thinking it's got to end at any point and it just keeps going. It's, I guess the best thing I can say is it's nothing but boring. Yeah. Didn't care about any of the characters, which sucks because I, I like Anna Kendrick a lot. Yeah. And I actually, even though she's hipster, I appreciate and respect the hell out of Lena Dunham. Because she is what she is. She's yeah. doing what she wants to do. And I think that's awesome. But this movie just felt like a waste of talent. Did Dunham have any, anything to do with the writing or anything like that? I don't know. I... I Part of me thinks she did, but I'm not entirely certain about that. I'm not entirely certain that they just didn't choose Lena Dunham because of the whole hipster thing. And she is kind of the buzz name right now for female hipster. So, oh, sure. So the the ardent supporters of Lena Dunham probably will find more to like about this. They might, but it's really not Lena's film. Mm -hmm. It's still more Anna Kendrick. But Lena, her character is supposed to be the spark with Anna Kendrick. She helps straighten Anna Kendrick out, and then together they help straighten, I think the girl's name is Molly, but I could be wrong, the writer out to stop being mom and start being writer again. Right. Um, but unfortunately, it's so boring, I didn't care. 1.5 out of 5. All right. Well, I saw a comedy that uh, was not boring. As a matter of fact, it's the best comedy I've seen all year. 
22 Jump Street. What up, fellas? We're across all neighbors. Oh, the Yangs. What's up, man? The Yangs, man. What's going on, man? Jeannie Yang. What's up? Keith Yang. Oh, you're twins. We're brothers, too. No, he's not He's not kidding. He's serious. Oh, really? You got, like, one of y'all older? You got crow's feet under your eyes, man. You specific. We're actually just normal college age. I mean, well, even if you're a little older, that's cool, man. Because, you know... Girls here love old to do. That's true. Plus, it's mad girls here, man. I don't know. At the end of the day, you just kind of want something that's just a little deeper, really. Yeah, yeah deeper. Jeans, buy me a coat. Oh, snap, man. We're still saying the same thing. This is amazing. Carrots, pumpernickel, glow stick, twins. Don't do so That's sick. crazy. We have that brother connection, too. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. You ready? Yep. Pirates, Paper clips, baby bananas, feet, I don't know. Words, yeah. Oh, that's that uh, I wasn't a big fan of 21 Jump Street. It was better on a second viewing, but still, it was okay. You know, it it fell right into the middle of other comedies. You know, nothing. I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't think it was the worst thing I'd ever seen. It was just sort of there, um, forgettable. This takes it, this raises the bar exponentially. Huh. This is a movie I laughed almost consistently at for its full run. Really? It is. It, Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum have perfect chemistry on screen together. Ice Cube is in this, and he is a freaking riot. Yeah, um, he felt almost just, like, thrown in in the first one. Yeah, no, this one. And, and what I really liked about this flick was, it, it, and I know the buzzword is meta, um, but it is so self-aware that it's a sequel, and it spends a lot of time, at least three or four times this movie, playing off the fact that it's a sequel and working that into its dialogue. It's laughing at itself, and you can't help but laugh at it. Uh, and I'll, I'll reference one thing. You've seen the first movie, right? Yep. So they were at, they were in the, the, the Korean Jesus church that they had. Mm -hmm. Well, that gets destroyed in the first movie. So they're standing, when they announce that they're going back to Jump Street, you know, uh, I can't remember their, their characters' names, but Jenko and, and Schmidt, Jenko and Schmidt, they go back there and they're standing in front of the, the core of what was the Korean Jesus uh, uh, church or whatever, and they go like, well, fortunately they opened Vietnamese Jesus church right across the street, and they turn around and go like that, and one, and one of them goes... That's convenient. That is convenient. <laughs> they start walking to it. And it's like, it, and it's 22 Jump Street, you know. And it says, it's like, I wonder if they'll ever build anything on 23 Jump Street. And he says, don't get ahead of yourself. And as they're walking, you see this thing, 23 Jump Street, coming soon behind a construction fence. And it plays, it does things like that. Hmm. You know, a, a good half dozen times through the thing. How, how the... How the department has a much bigger budget now, and it's just a metaphor for how much how much more shit they can do in this film, yeah. and, and it's it's done really well. And on top of that, it's it just it, it plays off the exact same stuff. Instead of in high school, they're in college, and you know, one guy finds you know he's having a whole lot of fun. The other one seems left out. It's it's a complete playoff. Some people might think that's just lazy, and it can be considered lazy if it's not done right but this one here is so self-aware of what it's doing that they were able to make it all that much more funnier um this this for me where i where i thought the first one was about a two and a half out of five 
this one here for me was more like a four and a half out of five yeah. from a, from a comedy standpoint. And and isn't that what we really should be judging our comedies off of? Is just how much how funny it is, how yeah. much it makes you laugh. And and this this connects and and stay for the through, throughout the credits and stuff. It, it's just freaking because again they're just like uh, you know. 20, 28 Jump Street Culinary School, and they'll put the two guys in like chef gear and stuff like it. it it's it's a freaking riot, dude! I actually can't wait to see this again. All right. I don't I don't know if it'll play as well the second time. I don't know, but um, it, it was it was really freaking funny. Good. Now I'm I will admit I'm intrigued then because mm-hmm. I you and I kind of have the same opinion of the, the first one. Mm-hmm. Granted, I've never revisited it. You're you're. Opinion was slightly upgraded on the second viewing, mm-hmm. um, but and I, I get that because when Twenty One Jump Street came out, all you were hearing is funniest fucking movie in years and everything else. And I saw it, it was all right, yeah. but I didn't get quite where people were coming from on the funniest thing a in little years. Overhyped, sure, um, kind of the same way that even like The Hangover. Hangover was funny. I don't get why people think that is this absolutely amazing well, comedy. All, all you have to do is go into a theater today, see a trailer for, for an Adam Sandler comedy, oh, good and point. how many people around you are just think that was the funniest thing they've ever seen, yep. while you're sitting there stone-faced going like, how is this guy even still allowed to touch yeah. cameras? Good point. So, the majority of the modern moviegoer... Just doesn't have enough freaking sophistication, I guess. And I guess that sounds really snobbish and arrogant. But you're right. But they're entertained by the stupidest of stuff. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we've done that before. We've been at films and people start laughing at certain things. We go, wow, is it going to be this way throughout? This is going to get fucking annoying. Right. Yeah, it, I don't know. But the good thing is... Sandler's blended lasted what two weeks, and that was long gone. Just, just stop it. All right, we'll uh, we'll break here one more time, and we'll come back with a little uh, discussion about Michael Bayham. <laughs> This stuff is what's going to put you through college. Something in here needs to make this family some money. Come on, you wreck. Judgment day. What the hell happened to you? Look, it's not normal steel. I don't think it's a truck at all. I think we just found a transformer. with people from Texas. can say for him is that he knows how to craft 
action sequences. Oh, yeah. Which is really what, what all of, or most of his movies are, are based around, is the amount of uh, action and explosions and shit like that. Now, to to a fault. So whenever his story starts to to drag or he paints himself into some sort of corner... He's like, ah, throw some explosions yep. in Blow there. Blow some shit up. Blow some shit up. <laughs> and, and then we can, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, people will forget about the fact that, that we didn't know what the hell we were doing there. And we'll just, we'll pick it up somewhere else uh, farther down in the timeline. Um, he's certainly got more going for him than like a Roland Emmerich, who also does these like big giant blockbuster this blockbuster bullshit like uh, 2012, Day After Tomorrow. So mm-hmm. didn't he do Independence Day too? Yes. Where where you really have no substance around your shit, and the action sequences that you do do are far less impressive than anything Michael Bay does. Right. Um, and and, and that, that's coming from a guy who's not a complete hater of Independence Day. I am a big hater of the Day After Tomorrow, and... I didn't even bother with 2012 because that just looked like a colossal waste of yeah. freaking time. Independence Day was one of those films, the first time I saw it, I'm like, because I saw it in the theater when that movie had like a three-week run where it, yeah. everyone was seeing it. I saw it the week it came out when it already had all this buzz about being the, like the greatest movie in years, and I was like, eh, it, it was all right. Yeah. Um, you really had to suspend your belief or disbelief, I should say. Right. Well, you you just you have to with these types of flicks anyway. Um, but that's really, and maybe people lump Michael Bay in with the Roland Emmerichs and stuff like this, which may be a little unfair. Um, yeah, Bay is a good visual filmmaker mm-hmm. and can film action. Uh, very well. I don't mean visual like this was a gorgeous looking film like uh, um, I don't know like a, a, a Terrence Malick thing or something like that um, which, you, which you can you know put the pretentious shit aside and you can tell that it's or maybe a better example is uh, is a Coen Brothers film. Yes. Um, from, from a visual aesthetic that's not what I mean with Michael Bay. It just means that he knows how to craft these scenes to where it doesn't necessarily this these scenes in, in like the Transformers films could easily just be a big jumbled mess of shit flying all over the place then you can't tell what's going on and it doesn't seem to be the case for me at least in like the Transformers films or even uh, in Armageddon back in the 90s and stuff mm-hmm. You can always sort of tell what's going on. He, he takes some time. He takes some pride in his his action sequences and stuff. There just there just isn't anything around. When, when the action isn't going on, it's a bit laughable at times. You, the thing with Michael Bay is he's all flash. That he, yeah, he, he just is. I don't. He, I, I I think that he used to actually try to build character. And now I just don't think he even bothers. And I, I, I point to like a Pearl Harbor where yep. I, I truly believe that he thought he was building character. Right. And most people will argue that was the biggest piece of shit film he's done. Pearl Harbor, I would rather see somebody like James Cameron take Pearl Harbor. Where you look at, Pearl Harbor just seems to me like something that deserves more than a blockbuster treatment. Totally Much agree. in the way, I mean, you look at like like what James Cameron did for Titanic. Now, say what you will about the fact that it takes 
uh, you know, two almost two hours to get into the actual meat of the of the Titanic piece, but you had you had a story with characters that you that you liked and characters you hated and all that stuff to build up for that. And, and that was all, why he did it, exactly. which makes perfect sense. And then all of a sudden, when the shit does hit the fan, you're now invested in right. who is going to live, who is going to die, and oh yeah, it's pretty impressive visual spectacle on top of all of that shit. Whereas Pearl Harbor was just sort of, I think he, he thought he was on that path, but he's, whoever wrote that movie, and, and Michael Bay isn't, isn't the guy who's going to, you know, interrupt that process because he doesn't no. know any better no. himself. It, it was all, it was all flat. You know, I didn't give a shit who lived or died in the Pearl Harbor thing. It just became, all right, I just want to see the. See yeah, the just shit. get to the battle. Yeah. Uh, let, let's get to the fight and all the build up and, and he did like you say he actually tried to build character there he just doesn't know how to do it and right. and if the if the writer ain't, wor- ain't working or ain't helping you then he's really fucked right he did get the battle scenes they looked great but of course you had a good what two hours really leading up to the know. battle I don't remember how long Pearl Harbor was. Didn't it was about like three hours, ah, I see, thought. I don't remember it being that long. But, yeah. but regardless. Uh, yeah, it, it may have just seemed like it was that long. But, I mean, that seems like a movie that, that you just don't... And I, I remember it even being sort of marketed as as a blockbuster type It was. Movie, you know? I want to say it landed right in the middle of blockbuster summertime. Yeah, it, and I just don't... I don't think... Three it, hours and three minutes. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Um, it did. It didn't deserve that, and especially if you've been to Pearl Harbor, which I have. I have. Um, it deserves a lot more respect than what that movie was, gave it. You know, um, it, it could be done so much better. Um, but that. But that's the flaw with all of Michael Bay's characters, is that they're they're pretty much just cliches and bland characters that are running around these impressive sets, these, these impressive CGI effects. Yeah, it, well, he doesn't even really try to use them as the glue that hold things together. They are literally just... They're a, barely relevant. Right. They're, they are literally just a set... You know what they are? They're the rats that are being run through the maze. Yeah. That It's... it's you know that at the end they're going to find their way. The ones that matter are going to find their way out in some fashion. But you don't really care how they get there because it's all about the little traps being thrown up around them. Right. That's what he's more into is the set pieces that they have to work their way through, not the characters themselves. And, and the Transformers films are, are the worst offenders of this, oh, no doubt. Of this thing. Um, yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good analogy. It's like nobody, you know, especially with the, the movie we just saw, nobody thinks for any second that Wahlberg or his daughter is going to die in this movie. Yeah, in fact, they've gone. I don't want to get into the Transformers quite yet, but one shot that I'm already over, and I love these films, is the there's an explosion. They were they were. They're flying through the air. Transformer somehow grabs them and either shields them and rolls, which the head still would splatter all over the ground, or transforms in midair. And they're somehow seen. They went to that at least twice, if not three times in this movie today. And you get 
flat out frustrated by it because it shows that not only does he not get character development, he doesn't even get what a human could survive through. No, no, no doubt. He, I, I actually believe he sees humans as another version of a CGI animation mm. that they're literally just this piece. He can move around. And well, at there's some, a, there's a part in the movie I'll, I'll bring up too, that I thought was like, really? Well, they are. well, there's a lot of those moments, <laughs> but, the, but from, from a, there's no way a human survives that, uh, piece. Yeah. There's, well, a, there's one specific. I'd be there. curious if we land on the same one. Um, but he does this in a lot, but it seems even more so now, and maybe it's because of the Transformers films. Because you go back, what, Bad Boys, I think, was his first which, big film. Yeah, it was. It, which I have never seen the Bad Boys movies. It's alright. I can't fucking stand Martin Lawrence. If he was in front of me right now, I'd want to punch him. Right. Because I, I... I don't get comic whose whole shtick is, I'm going to come off as arrogant asshole. Mm-hmm. And that's Martin Lawrence's shtick. He's a fucking douchebag, and just that, that's just, and I don't get it. Yeah. And uh, at that point, You're though, racist. I am. <laughs> I, I own it. Will, at that point, though, Will Smith was on top of his game. Sure. Um, so it was, in, at that point, that you're talking putting Will Smith in an R-rated movie, which people were, were kind of surprised to even see. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And Bad Boy is actually a really good film. But, I mean, during the 90s, he had a great run, because you figure he had what? After that probably was The Rock, I want to say. Which was a good film. That That's a good film. It's not awesome. It's good. No, but In I the liked, day, I it was really Connery, good. And it was, you know, it was, you know, Nicolas Cage wasn't too Nicolas Cagey. <laughs> no, no. It wasn't he, off the reservation, Nicolas Cage. No, I mean, he's, he's tolerable in that one. Was uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I enjoyed The Rock. No, so did I. It, it, it was a, it's definitely a good a good enough movie. There's plenty to enjoy. And quite frankly, I would say that that's his most subdued movie. From a shit-blowing-up perspective, at least. Yeah, it is. It is. They, um, they were, that was more effects-driven on trying to get out, but that was about it. Yeah. Because then you fast-forward from there to Armageddon, and all of a sudden he's up the ante a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, I I actually found things to like about Armageddon. Um, you know, I, I saw that in the theater um, with Velvethead, actually. I remember exactly where we went. Um, and, and Armageddon, for me, was one where... There wasn't a lot of depth to characters, but there was some charismatic characters in that which were entertaining, which made some of the non-action pieces a lot more tolerable. And I'll specifically say Michael Clark Duncan as Bear and Buscemi as Rockhound. Who, Anytime who, you put Buscemi well, in, dude. Who provided enough enough comic relief mm-hmm. and entertaining pieces uh, when, when things were slowed down that made that movie a lot more... Uh, a lot more tolerable to sit through until the action stuff. You know, he, he, again, you know, filled with, with other characters. I mean, they're they're trying to make some sort of uh, you know romantic action star out of Ben Affleck, which at that time was a waste of freaking time. You know, Willis. Yeah, that was, and that Willis was right was during. Still, that was a little before Geely, but yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that was before before the Affleck that I'll respect today. Mm-hmm. That was well before that time, and, and the same thing with Pearl Harbor too. Um, you know, he 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 didn't know how to use Affleck correctly, or Affleck just sort of the light bulb went off for Affleck midway through the two thousands, and and he decided he was gonna you know. Uh, be better. He had to reinvent himself. Yeah, is what he just, had to, do. to some degree. Um, but um, oh, again, um, you know, Willis was still. What, make no mistake, Bruce Willis was the marquee name attached to that because he was writing the the Die Hard stuff. And well, yeah, in the nineties, he yeah. was still a big fucking deal, right? Um, but yeah, you know, I, I got enough out of now. You look at Armageddon today, and it's a lot more eye roll worthy, but. You know, it was entertaining for the time. Well, it, again, I would argue that action movie, well, any movie, but certainly action movies are ones that you kind of have to put in their own time, too. Sure. Because the 90s, 90s action movies did have a certain look and feel. Now, granted, it may be that I'm just picturing Michael Bay, but I'd even point to, like, Con Air also was way over the fucking top, and that wasn't his film. Right. They just had this feel. Roland Emmerich stuff we already referenced had that same big explosion feel. Just you feel like you had to be an IQ oh, yeah, there's, three. There's to guys enjoy that it. should go nowhere near a freaking camera again for that stuff. Uh, you know Joel Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, what he did to the to the Batman stuff was just tragic. You know, um, but yeah. So I, I mean, Michael Bay. He, he. I think he is the the. The best of the what I would what I would call the the B list action directors, yeah. you know, not not necessarily. I, I don't want Michael Bay tackling anything other than these types of movies because I just don't think he has it. Yeah, there. about the time they announced Michael Bay was going to do the the new big screen rendition of Frank Herbert's Dune, I yeah. want to kill yeah. somebody. Exactly, exactly. You, you don't want this guy touching any like any like. Esteemed franchise, like no revered franchise. Because if I hear like Michael Bay get, is is signed on board for one of the Star Wars uh, side stories, oh, and stuff. Dude. oh no 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 no! But when people flip out, oh here we go, Michael Bay. Too bad he's tied to the Transformers films. People, they're the Transformers films. Right. You need to remind yourself these are based on Hasbro toys from the eighties that then turned into a com- into an animated series. Right. The toys came first. There's really not a whole lot of depth to a story around toys. No, but there could be depth around the characters in these stories, and that's what I, I don't disagree them. with you. You've got to give us a reason to give more of a shit about the characters that are in them, and I just don't care about the characters in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, like I said, some of the some of the dialogue and stuff around around his stuff is just this <laughs> laughable. One we line will be bullshit. discussing that. At great length when we get to today's yeah, film. <laughs> yeah, ooh, ooh, definitely. Uh, what came after Pearl Harbor for him? Uh, Bad out. Boys 2. Ah, right, which I didn't bother with. Then he pretty much just jumped right into the Transformers franchise. Yeah, he had one film, I'm looking, and I don't remember this movie, called The Island. Uh, yeah, I never saw The Island either. And he did just have earlier, or last year, uh, Pain and Gain. Which, which I, I actually enjoyed. Uh, see, I didn't, I didn't get anything out of it. Um, it's not a fantastic film. I, I dug it enough. I, I don't know how many gallons of body oil they went through to shoot that film, yeah. though. But 
it was what it was. To me, that one had this really flashy yet gritty feel, which I think was what he was going for. Yeah. Um, not a great film, but I certainly enjoyed it. It felt a little long. Oh, yeah. That that was two over he, two hours. There's no reason. Issue. He has he's brevity is not his thing. No. He, he needs to take whatever whatever target he's got for a film and knock a good forty five minutes off whatever that estimate is. Yep, absolutely. Because there's a lot of bullshit. Yep. Pretty much take out anything with characters in it. Yeah, because <laughs> he's not going to do it. Just blow shit. Up. He won't use it. But the island, as I'm reading about, this sounds like a film I need to see. It sounds interesting. Yeah, I just don't it, remember it. It does. Um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't seen The Island either. The Bad Boys and The Island are the things I haven't seen on his. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know what you're getting with Bay when you go into it. You know that just a lot of shit's going to blow up. You, you know that you're going to have a, a bunch of, you know, mostly bland characters that are, are just there because characters are supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, don't, don't look for anything but, you know, forced emotion or drama or 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 you know bad dialogue um and when whenever he paints himself into a corner because of of those character things that he's trying to do he just blows something up to to distract you right um which you know brings us to the transformers franchise which you you definitely like more than i do i like the first one it was you know for for a an interpretation of of a seventies toy or eighties toy, um, yeah, you know, it's about what you could ask for. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, you know, Shia LaBeouf as w- Wiki and and Megan Fox as his girlfriend. But one thing I had an issue with Michael Bay films is that he does nothing with female characters whatsoever. The female characters in his movies are nothing but damsels in distress. And they're hot, sexy damsels in distress, yeah. which is is a little bit unfortunate. I'm I'm all on board with with hot chick and Daisy Dukes, but I'm a lot more on bad on board with badass hot chick and, and Daisy Dukes. Yeah. You know, it, at least at least try to make them more than some sort of fetishist display. And that's all you get, especially in these Transformers flicks. Yes, especially in the third one. Nah, she's not even an actress. So what? She looks hot in shorts, and that's all she did. She just she she's she's dead weight for the the real supposed hero to carry around and look sexy as, as she's running around. That's that's the whole purpose of females in the trans in the uh, Transformers movies. Yeah, great to look at, but would be a lot better to look at if they actually served a purpose other than looking good. Yeah, I, I think Michael Bay, when he's doing that, thinks like a teenage boy. And, and maybe it's that he knows that the audience can be full of teenage boys. But they could give them something to do. Because you can have a, a hot lead who still does something. And, and I, I would, even though... She kind of looks like a train wreck at times now. But like Michelle Rodriguez in the first uh, Fast and Furious film, she kicked as much ass as anybody else did. And right. she looked damn good doing it. Well, you, you, Emily you, Blunt in Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, though. great, was... great one for recent stuff. Yeah. You can do it and still have them look damn good. There's no reason why you even... And this isn't any fault against, against Wahlberg or anything like that. There was no reason that you even had to make Wahlberg your guy. What about a single mom... 
with a young boy attached to it that could have kicked just as much ass. Mm. I mean, based on his characters, which are nothings, why not a badass? No, he chick? was an inventor, remember? Oh, so yeah, it would have to was. be a young mom inventor. Well, of course. Um, but you know what? Why not? No, I, I agree. I actually think it'd be a great which idea. Which is why I champion like the Hunger Games films, and you know, it, it even Divergent, which which I didn't think was a great film. You didn't either, but at least, at least we're seeing badass chicks doing stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I you know I think is good. I'm not believe me, I'm not one of those guys that is some sort of like. You know, champion for the rights of women and, and shit like that. I'm not one of these guys. All those chicks are like, they only announced two women in the Star Wars. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm not that guy by any stretch. But where, in places where it makes sense, I'm like, why not give us this this switch? You know? Why, I, why? I actually would applaud it. I think it'd be fascinating as hell if they did that. And even if you want to keep Wahlberg as your guy, I, I don't care. Just... More than just hot chicken Daisy Dukes running around behind. That's all. Well, and I think probably the best example I can give is how in T2, all of a sudden, Sarah Connor was a fucking force. Right. And Linda Hamilton went all in. And to me, pretty her and and, uh, Sigourney Weaver's Ripley, you could argue, really showed that you can do... A female lead for an action movie and get it right. Absolutely. And when you line up line up movie fans and critics and ask them to compare, you know, the watchability or or, or you know where they're gonna fall on, on the, the echelon at the end, where are you gonna put aliens and Terminator two versus Transformers? Oh yeah. You know, so so casting, so there's this stigma, I think, in Hollywood of casting the female in the spot. Those those are two perfect examples of why audiences and critics and all stuff will embrace your shit mm-hmm. regardless. They just want a good fucking story. Right. That's all. Do it right. Do it right. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow got great critical praise. And Emily The Blunt. Hunger Games gets yeah. great critical praise. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and certainly in Edge of Tomorrow, we've already said it. Realistically, Emily Blunt's character is far, far better than Tom Cruise's. Mm-hmm. It's written that way. She is far more badass and than Tom Cruise. And put some interesting characters around them. Uh, look yeah. what Joss Whedon's done for, for females. Oh, yeah, we, that's great. Look at Buffy the Vampire Slayer is one of the most beloved television series of all time. And yes, there's a ton of interesting characters around that, but it's all centered around um, a strong, powerful, <laughs> yeah. empowered girl. Yeah. That's flawed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? They, right. they, they don't have to be Terminators. They just need to be good, solid, badass chicks with flaws. Yeah. And and people will embrace that stuff. Yeah, but, give, give a reason for the investment. But... And like I said, the only way I'm beating this dead horse is because Michael Bay gives you such the opposite of this. I wouldn't even care. Yeah, they serve as eye candy. Sure, that's fine. I'm all for eye candy on there. But like I said, it would be a lot more impressive if that eye candy was more relevant to stuff. Yeah, and not just screams and... Uh, Daddy, help me. Yeah. 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 
yeah, I was getting a little frustrated at times. I like the Megan Fox, you know, straddling the bike scene uh, as much as any dude. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, but it would have been cooler if she was a badass at the same time. Sure! Thing. Doesn't mean she can't do that straddle on the bike scene Absolutely. at all. Absolutely. You can get a little something for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I don't even know where I was going before that tangent started, so... Well... <laughs> I think we are just talking about Transformers in general. True, but I mean, it, it it does kind of bring up the whole Star Wars conversation, and everything else. Where there there are you can do plenty with women. It's not that Hollywood shouldn't be afraid of doing the strong female lead. Right. It and Michael Bay seems like he is petrified of it. And again, if you go through the list of Michael Bay films, I can't name a single place. Where the female lead in it ha- was anything to reckon with. Well, I, I'm not sure there's ever a... F- yeah, I, I, you use the term female lead uh, very loosely. The, 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 the highest ranked female on the, the list. Right. Because they're, they're, they've never been the lead. No, you look at Armageddon, the women were just, were just there to be left behind while the men went and took care of the mm-hmm. aliens. Uh, in Pearl Harbor, they were, the, they were just... The, the nurses and stuff that that stood yeah, out of the Beckinsale, way. Beckinsale, I want to say, was one of the lead nurses, yeah, right? Yeah, Be- Beckinsale was. And, you know, they just sort of stay out of the way and, and you know, they, you know and, and they're nurses. They, they should be held in a lot of high regard. They went through the shit, saw, saw dudes coming through their, their freaking hospital wings with shit blown off them and stuff like that. But they don't, they don't you know, they're females. Yeah. So you just... You just tend to the wounds, woman. You know the men will be back from battle later. Mm-hmm. And that's all of his shits like that, and that that's annoying. That's yeah, frustrating. I I do get the arguments when people get all pissed off about it. it would, and to to be honest, it feels like he's getting worse with it too, mm. because I, I think that the Megan Fox we got in the first movie was far more involved in the action stuff than she was in the second movie. Yeah. And third one was a waste of time. Rosie, Rosie. Hunting and Whitley, Whitley was literally there to wear that tight white outfit and mm-hmm. the panty shots mm-hmm. and to show her ass off. Right. And then Nicola Peltz today, to me, is the epitome of that. Right. Yep. So we're not saying to avoid Bay films, just understand what you're getting into. Right. If you're a feminist, you probably should avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> But if you are somebody that was arguing that Star Wars needs more female characters, and now that these two new signings are just an yeah. answer solely, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck off and die. Find something else to bitch about. Well, I told you, I I, I freaking took the bait on a, another message board. Um, it was something, I blame Film School Rejects, because I, I read their shit every day, and they, every day they post this writing from around the internet. So they didn't write it. They just they just provide links to things that they think are interesting. Mm-hmm. They put something in there, which was basically it, it was a link to some. I, don't know, she, I think she's in England, and I can't remember the name of the site. It doesn't even matter. But I'm looking at the picture of the woman who wrote this, and, and whatever feminist I didn't get invited to my own prom cliche you can conjure in your head. It's this chick, right? She just looks looks like. Uh, it's the kind of the kind of one that would probably would cut her own boobs off just to prove a point to to humanity. 
And it was it was that article. It was the article about this is just all they're doing is just shoehorning them in as a result of internet backlash and stuff like that. And of course, uh, you know, there's a few people that are you know championing her cause and stuff like that. And I all I typed was, "Well, we hear what we want to hear." Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that set it off. That set off the freaking Amazons. <laughs> and, and, and of course, you know. They, so what you're saying is you lit the fuse on the tampons. I did. I did, dude. It, it's crazy. And and I, I specifically was going back and forth with this one particular person on there, and um, eventually the chick, the, the chick who wrote it, gets back on there. Because first of all, if I never attacked anybody. But she clearly took a front to the comment, we hear what we want to hear. Now, anybody who's who's anybody on the internet knows better than to, like, get their feathers ruffled. If you're going to get your feathers ruffled... The internet's not a good place for Yeah, not a good place for you. And and she said something... Oh, I I had made some comment. Oh, she says, well, what's that supposed to mean? I'm just... And I went through this whole long diatribe about... um, about the Star Wars franchise, and if you if you think that a franchise as uh, as big as Star Wars is done with their casting a year and a half before the release of the actual film, you don't know much. And I think quote unquote, you don't know a lot about the uh, Hollywood blockbuster establishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and she gets on there and responds to me, and this is how her her. Her response starts, and this is immediately where I checked out of any relevancy this chick thinks she has. She has to point out the fact on her about thing that that she's written for this and this and this, 90% of which I've never fucking heard of before. I think uh, Film Threat was the the most significant thing on there that I've seen there. But she, she starts her poster, are you insinuating that I... A movie critic of seven with seventeen years of experience, eh, you are useless. <laughs> if you have to start your argument by pointing out what you think your credentials of having an argument are, you have no argument mm-hmm. with me. You're a fucking idiot. You're a fucking sexist piece of uh, piece, not sexist piece, but but you know, a, a, an agenda-toting piece of shit. Who's just latched onto this latest cause? You don't give a fuck about Star Wars. You don't give a fuck about any of this shit. You're just trying to pick out what you can use out of any of these arguments to further your bullshit agenda. Yeah. I checked out completely at that point. I'm like, you're not even worth my fucking time. Oh, and by the way, she charges money to read her shit, which tells me there too. If you were significant enough, somebody would have paid you enough right. to, for your fucking opinion. You're useless. <laughs> So I just like, I, I know better. I, I need to stop reading that shit. As soon as I see that there's an agenda at play there, I just need to get the fuck out. <laughs> just stop it. Yeah. I, and it just burns my ass so much that I just can't help myself sometimes. I avoid those blog type sites uh, that it's just opinion, which is interesting because that's like what ours is. is. But we there's a difference. So ours is right, and and we're tongue in cheek about it. We we don't try to get all high and mighty. We're not we're not going to do an agenda type thing. We've we we discuss that in podcasts. We don't do articles on agenda. I don't have an agenda. No, no, 
know, our agenda is give us good movies. Yes, give, that here, is here's the, what we enjoy. Give, give yeah. us. There's plenty out there to embrace. Right. Why fucking rip it? Right. I will tear down your agenda. Yeah. But I don't have an agenda on my own. My my agenda is to call out idiots with agendas. That's my agenda. Fair <laughs> enough. But you know, I guess the the thing with the Star Wars franchise is. I know there's also the backlash that we're not getting any of the spinoffs on the female characters. Because Mon Mothma would have deserved a spinoff. I mean, who the <laughs> fuck would care? We Here's what we know. Many Bothans died to get the information to Mon Mothma. Right. We know that. She said that. Other than that, couldn't tell you. I'm sure there's like a, you know, I'm sure, he, sure Chewbacca's wife... Needs a, a spinoff somewhere of how she's the one who really, really holds down the Wookiee households. On Kashyyyk, she's at home. It's her dealing with all the bill collectors calling every day and everything else trying to make ends meet. Right. <laughs> Help Chaka get food or whatever his son's name would be. Right, exactly. So Michael Bay. Michael Bay. <laughs> Rant over. Um... Yeah, I I think we've said what we can about Michael Bay. Right, uh, I'm trying to come up with a picture of this chick if she's on here anywhere. Anyway, we'll get on. To, let's let's start talking about the latest uh, in the Transformers line. Unless you had more to say. About no, it, uh, I, I I I'm good. So we can try to keep it kind of within a two hour block. Right, we're already looking at probably two and a quarter. No, nah, maybe not. Nah, I think you can keep it under two. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm I'm fine. I I don't need to read this one. I don't need to get ranty. She calls herself the philosopher. Yeah, flick philosopher. Oh fuck her! Yeah, (laughs) that alone. But she's edgy because she spells it with an F. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Fuck her. Yeah. I, I. Yeah, I would not have handled that argument well at all. Anyway, go go ahead. Let's talk about uh, Transformers. Transformers Four, Age of Extinction. Yeah, well, and the way the movie starts out, it, it is interesting that they, they the movie just pitches the idea that the the end of the dinosaurs didn't happen by. Hold on, <laughs> I want you to I want you to visually see what I got into a. a Online verbal I'm, assault. I'm, I'm thinking she's going to be beautiful. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this <gasps> is that straight. Out Does of, she have the mumps? <laughs> is that straight out of the freaking uh, the, the the book of stereotypes? Holy that God! Yeah, she didn't go to prom. She no, no, she did not go she, to prom. Not as a woman, anyway. She took her own virginity with she a does, carrot. She doesn't own a, a brush. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? But seventeen years experience. Seventeen huh? so, years of experience. So that means she knows. Yeah, she knows all about the blockbuster establishment. <laughs> so. She didn't need to make an intelligent argument. She just needed to tell you her credentials. That's her argument. Anyway, Transformers 4. Transformers 4. So it starts off with the idea that that gives the the title way right point blank. That the dinosaurs didn't die because of an asteroid. That actually was this other race of... The creators. whatever Whatever they're supposed to be. 
who just came down and started carpet bombing our planet with their own metal jizz of some kind that basically is what they use to farm the metals for creating... Yeah, it it sort of, to me, it was almost like it it sort of flash froze things, but it, like, you know, turned them into metal instead of... Just instead of like disintegrating them and stuff like that. So I don't get why they were doing this, except it sounds like they could use it to farm these metals to make other things. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I, they, I, don't, they don't really. We get sort of how later on, like the humans figure this out, and that makes sense. But we don't really know what these. Uh, and you know we don't know what these aliens at the beginning point is unless we just take it for that they're just trying to take over planets and populate them with their own with their own and and that's kind of the way I took it yeah did feel bad for that little dinosaur but that's okay <laughs> it was as he sit there watching all his brethren getting surrounded right. um, but then fast forward to modern times and we meet Mark Wahlberg's character who I'm losing his name Cage Gage. Cade. Yeah. Uh, who? Well, well, first in modern times, we 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 end up on this freaking Alaska archaeological oh, right. thing to to find this this metal skeleton of this of a dinosaur. Uh, of this dinosaur um, uh, that we that we never revisit again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That particular find that seems sort of. Useless to me. Yeah, no, it was just tacked on to yeah. say, "Here's what we found. It's going to change what we've thought about history." Well, it's a it's a two hour and forty five minute Transformers film, so there's a lot of shit tacked on. Yes, that you really feel like could be trimmed off. Right. Anyway, we go to the farm, and we, we meet go to the farm. Cade, we meet Cade, Mark Wahlberg, who apparently found a transformer, <laughs> who is a. He's an inventor. But he's also an engineer. It, it, Conveniently. Who doesn't have work. And now I'm already confused. Because if you are a, a robotics expert, Should you will well find paid, work. A pretty well paid individual. And I couldn't wrap my head around why he couldn't find work. Unless it was well, that he didn't want to leave Texas. Well, and this is, this is a, a very good example of how Michael Bay cannot develop a character because they showed shots the whole point what was the whole point of the mom being dead I, because they made points to to show that to you in, in like the little picture uh, of that and uh, your mom would have been proud and stuff like that so if he exists the way he exists today because he just couldn't get old get past the death of the thing or it was his fault. We don't even know why she or how she freaking died. No, they didn't reference they it. They didn't reference I it. I found myself when they were showing the photo thinking, was it cancer? Well, we don't died know. in childbirth? We, we don't, don't know. But but somehow they had to establish that he's this single father so that they could they could play out this that he's a strict father way too freaking Retardedly much. Retardedly strict. Oh my god. And well, they yeah. kept and bubbling they just, up and they just constantly. Played that joke over. It was and beaten over to and death. Over. Yes, to a fault. It, it was. I was so over it by the time you know when you're two hours into this thing, and he's still like, "If you touch my daughter, I'm gonna kill you." I'll just stop it already. Mm-hmm. It was just dumb. 
So yeah, they establish that that the mom is dead and stuff like that, but they but they don't use that to explain why they're in the situation they're in. To your point, a enge- guy that's an engineer and a robotics expert can find work. Oh, good paying work. But easy. there's no explanation as to why he's he's just some bumblefuck inventor who's who's made things sort of like data from the Goonies uh, sitting around in his freaking barn. Right. And, and, but I found this, and, and it goes back to the whole... And they had to also, I'm sorry to interrupt, no. they also had to beat into you early on that they have no money. She, that, and that's, eviction notices, she's denied for financial... And why is she denied for financial aid? They don't have any damn money. <laughs> yeah, uh, she is the, the classic example of some kid who would get the financial aid. Sure. She'd get Pell Grant, she'd get everything else. Single father, struggling to make ends meet, mom died, they get the money. Yeah. Easily. Uh-huh. Um, but also, the fact she was going to college never really came up again. Okay. <laughs> right. The only reference was that we could go back now and continue our lives from where they were. Even though, no, you can't. Because you've already got all these army guys and everybody else trying to kill you. You can't just turn your life back to what it was. Right. Or we can go with the Autobots and see what that'll bring us. Yeah, Nicola Peltz Hut, certainly she she filled the the Michael Bay eye candy role. I think she's a far better actress than what he's used in the past. I, I just don't think he used it. No, he didn't. It, at all. It, it just felt wasted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wasted. And I also didn't like, the, which they, the thing that they did early on, that she was the one that may had to make sure he would eat and would... Balance the checkbook and everything else. And mm-hmm. it's like, so, again, you're forcing down our throat that your mom died. Mm-hmm. Give us a reason to give a shit. Right. How did she die? Right. Why Why is your relationship this way? Mm-hmm. Oh, and if you guys are that close, how did he not know you had a boyfriend who was sneaking into the house at night? Right. I, I That was just absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it, that. The whole boyfriend arc, the, the whole boyfriend thing was ridiculous. Yeah. And, and oh, conveniently, the boyfriend is a, a rally racer. car yeah. driver. <laughs> conveniently. He's a rally know, car early car. on when they showed the car sitting on the hill watching all these events, which the the, 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 the uh, CIA guys would never have allowed that car to be sitting where it was. Right. It, when they're converging, they would have said, oh, wait, we better do something with the rally car that's white. Sitting right there. Right. Let's fix this problem. <laughs> so, but to meet Optimus Prime, the Mark Wahlberg's character, and I think T.J. Miller, I believe that that stoner kind of guy was a, yeah. is a comedian, T.J. Miller, who I still don't know why they were being sent to this movie theater. What they were supposed to be taking out of it? Were they just going in to see what shit he could remove from it? I don't know. Find. A semi-truck inside of the theater. <laughs> yeah, there's a semi-truck inside the theater. How did it get there? How did Optimus get in this building? I, I don't know. Without taking a wall down. Right. And I get the fact that they're in hiding. And actually, I thought that was an interesting idea. Sure. That the Autobots were, on the, were being hunted down because of what went down in Chicago. Fine. Right. And the fact that they killed off one of them early on, one of the more popular ones... Yeah. 
that was interesting. It was that was an interesting thing to do with this story. Sure. So that Optimus had to hide fine. But don't give me in a movie theater, because I don't know how he got there. Right, and neither does the guy who owns the movie theater, So, which tells me that all the walls are still intact. Yeah. <laughs> Except for the true. one that was kind of semi-collapsed around while Optimus, because it was part of the roof crumbled around him. Oh, but we didn't see how he got in there, so that was troublesome, to say the least. Right. Um, they... they also, also, apparently they got him out the same way, too. True. So maybe maybe there is a roll-up door in the back of this movie theater that conveniently goes right into the seating. You never know. So, Wahlberg hauls Optimus back to his place. Yeah. Starts tinkering around with him. Yeah. Announces that, I think we fought a Transformer. Yeah. <laughs> goes to jumpstart him. And this, uh, to prove a point, shows that it kind of overloads the jumpstart cat. Yeah. Then there was the awful scene with a missile that, that gets activated and goes flying, bouncing around like There's comic relief. There's a lot of awful, awful scenes with missiles <laughs> in this movie. They they got into the whole things ricocheting like crazy bit. There was the football that T.J. Miller throws yeah. that he throws right at the back of the chair right in front of him and gets yeah. bounced back in him. Yeah. And then it bounces somehow back to Mark Wahlberg. But then the missile shot that goes flying into his house was... Right. I already found myself saying, so this is how this film's going to be. Right. Um, but then getting the missile out of Optimus brings Optimus back to life. And Optimus is now pissed off. Right. And he... I found an interest that Optimus stays pissed off at humans, including this family... For a good two and a quarter hours of this film. Yeah. He's still getting pissed off at this family. I'm like, right. fuck you. At what point do you say, well, not you, but the other humans are idiots. Right. No, it's you. You need to stop being, fuck you. And I know I'm going way ahead. Yeah. So Optimus comes back to life and then has to go into hiding in the most obvious place in the world. Well, Transformers has always done that <laughs> shit. How, how, how people just, yeah, can't figure out that there's giant five-story robots roaming around and nobody seems to know. They, they did it in the, the first Transformers where they're in the dude's backyard yeah. and the parents don't even, are just oblivious <laughs> to it. Yeah, the only they get pissed because Wit -Wiki, the Witwicky garden in the back gets destroyed. They right. destroyed the fountain. Here, Optimus hides under the floor with these horrible, this tarps and everything else covered up. And I'm thinking... So the CIA, most of the guys are giving up on their search already, saying that he's not here. How do you not look there? And finally one dude sees it, then Optimus comes out, and all shit starts to go uh, break loose. Um, and then the movie starts to hit the ground running, and really doesn't slow down much. The CIA guys uh, ignoring, yeah, ignoring that section right there... Um, it brings up another fault with this movie through, through <clears throat> a lot of other uh, situations in that when you have tech this advanced and and they, you know, the CIA has some of the most advanced tech, you've taken alien tech into, and, and gone beyond it. How do you not... You've sent in these drones to look for heat signatures. Are we really supposed to expect that he hid well enough to where where there isn't some sort of heat signature? 
Um, is there... Do we have... Every missile in this thing misses its target completely? Yeah, I don't think any of them land. Except are, for the ones that Lockdown shoots. Lockdown actually has some land. Well, well sure. But, like, in how long have heat-seeking missiles existed? Okay, <laughs> A country right now can take can shoot a missile from from a battleship 100 miles off the coast of a country and hit a target like 2 feet by 2 feet square mm-hmm. but they can't seem to hit something that's moving what, like the 18 wheel tractor the 18 wheel <laughs> tractor from you know 50 yards behind it and that happens constantly in this thing that's just unrealistic bullshit and, and running with the yeah and i will say that was frustrating and the, the reference you made to the drones because they use it so well in catching the first transformer well, and then they just forgot us. the fact they just made you say oh you, we can't do that here. we've already seen what these drones can do so it completely invalidates what you what ended up in, happening in this park yeah. Yeah, that was that was a little frustrating. Yeah, um, but we're introduced to the Kelsey Grammer character, right? Which earlier, actually, yeah, I likes. thought he did fine. Yeah, he, um, he played douchebag pretty well. Where did I know his CIA lead? I swear, I know this guy. Uh, yeah, he's been in shit before. I can't. I can't. And he's known he plays a thug of some kind yeah, or yeah, a heavy. Yeah, he, um, he certainly. And working with Stanley Tucci's right. company, right. Um, who's the ones that are taking the corpses, I guess you'd call them, of the Transformers. Formerly it was just Decepticons, now it's Autobots. Yeah. To, Mining their intelligence. To mine, yeah, mine the, the minerals and their intelligence to create their own human-controlled versions for military purposes. Yeah. Um, which I think would be a tough sell. Especially in Chicago. Because Chicago's already been leveled by Transformers. They're not going to want to see human-controlled Transformers, because you're not going to buy in on that. I think it's going to be a real tough sell. Well, and they, they sell it um, as a... Yeah, they sell it as that they're going to make this the, you know this military, you know, a, a very powerful army and stuff like that. But it, they also alluded to the fact that the president and the government doesn't even seem to know what the fuck's going on. This is mm-hmm. just some black ops thing that they're they're doing to try to make money together or something. So what's their end game? Because yeah, exactly. I, I don't see how how the government latches on onto any of this stuff. And you know, what's your end game here? They, they don't they don't flush that out. You know, in terms of Tom, uh, in terms of government, Tom Lennon has another. Role in a movie that's a, just such a minor throwaway character, but gonna make huge bang. And Bat, the Batman, what uh, the Dark Knight? He was the doctor who's checking out Bruce Wayne. Here he plays, I guess, the stoolie sent by the president to go talk with Kelsey Grammer. Right. Apparently, it, this guy's an agent of Shield too, or he was. His name is uh, oh shit, uh, Titus Welliver. Hmm. Um, yeah, I know he's been in ninety-five different things, so you know you've seen him out there. But a lot of television. He's stuff. not from. No. He was in Red Two. He was in Promised Land. He's not from he was Sons in Argo. Of... Apparently, I can't remember what he played in Argo. Yeah. But he wasn't Sons of Anarchy, was he? I'm going through the list. Haven't come to that yet. Um, he's been in a lot of shit. 
Because I kept looking at him going, I swear I know this guy. A lot of TV stuff All right. he's been in. The Town, he was in that too. So he's he's been in Affleck stuff. Huh. Uh, he was not Sons of Anarchy. He was Jimmy O'Fallon. Yeah, okay, he was. He were, He was the one that was the go-between for the Irish guys. Yeah. That ended up, it was a douchebag. He All right. lost uh, for three episodes. Yeah, he's been in just about okay. freaking everything you can think of. Good shit, too. I mean, yeah. the, guy's, the guy's legit. Yeah, and here, they definitely cast him as, the, he was supposed to be that, the heavy. And yeah. it, it was fine. Um Gone, baby, gone. So he he's definitely got to be an Affleck buddy. He's yeah. been in all three of Affleck's flicks. All right. So, anyway. Um, so, but we are again introduced to Lockdown, is, is what they reference him as. That's another villain. Really, in this one, you're going to get Megatron, but you're going to get Megatron late. And mm-hmm. still not as you know Megatron. What you're seeing in the trailers, which, again, I, I think one of the better shots, one of the better shots in the film is from the trailer and that's when they've chased the prime back to the uh the farm yeah and then lockdown is being brought in or the military asset i should say yeah um and the the shot of the ship and you see lockdown coming down the road i actually like that shot Mm -hmm. i think that the lockdown look was interesting and it was more of a throwback to what megatron was originally with the gun for the head blah 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 um but he's supposed to be the creator's... And I didn't quite get why he was coming to take Optimus back. I don't know that they really covered why he had these... He Now he's become almost like a bounty hunter for the creators. Right. But I don't know why. Well, it looked... It looked I, I just took it that they were going to enslave him for choosing humanity over their kind. Right. And, and maybe sort of alluded to later. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's all there was to it. Right. Um, so, But throughout, really, the villain here is Lockdown and the military. Did you did you take a lot of this, uh, especially early on, to be a lot of a, a not well-disguised harangue about the, the evil American government trying to beat down the alien or... Race. There was some of that there, yes. Yes, I, 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 I took. Yeah, there, there was definitely some of that there. They, they break down to the sides of a uh, not a no alien or something, or yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It, it, I just there was some points in there where I'm like, you know, where they're trying to to, to prove that you know that that uh, you know, uh, yeah, the American system is is. Should be open to everybody and all this kind of stuff and and yeah just just a little bit of that stuff and that always bugs me a little bit it's just annoying yeah it's, it's, it's just, I don't want that you know what I'm fine with that debate I just don't want that debate in my Transformers movie similar to the way I don't want those the the debates that were were pretty blatant in the Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. you know about you know corporatism corporatism and capitalism is bullshit I don't want those debates there. Okay, I'll go to the go to a movie about that, or give me a documentary, or, or whatever. Uh, we'll have that debate. I don't want it here. Speaking of corporatism, uh, has there been more product placement in a fucking film than what we saw today? 
What were, where did those Bud Light bottles come from? Well, they, they, there was a, it was a Bud Light truck that got wrecked. Yeah, so of course. The but they, but they stayed intact for yes. him to go open one. Yes, and getting that weird in front of the Goodyear sign. Yeah, or the Victoria's Secret the, the, sign. The Victoria's or, Secret boss. Yes, or even in even there even now there's even product placements for the Asian market, which we know is this this series is is huge in. And all the stuff that happens over there, like with the, with the little juice box yeah. and stuff, we don't get it in America, but I guarantee you there's lots of Chinese no. going, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was some kind of milk, cool yes. Wahoo milk yes. or something. Some sort of Chinese Capri Sun or something. First thing is, milk shouldn't come in a Capri Sun no. bottle. That's not, no milk I'm drinking. No. But if this thing was yeah. right oh, full of product right placement. down to the, the convenient race car driver boyfriend just getting picked up by Red Bull. <laughs> yeah, they did. They just flat out opened that one right up. Right. I, I, I'm I'm half surprised they didn't, that that Optimus was even a semi truck this time and not not like a freaking Walmart truck. <laughs> I did find myself thinking first, how did Optimus suddenly go from piece of shit truck to fully repaired because he just he, a semi went by and he did that flash scan and all of a sudden it was repaired I'm like no wait a second yeah. you already said that you need to that the other Autobots will fix you yeah they use that line yeah so I I, I found myself going to what and then if I'm trying to stay low profile may I get not wanting to be the piece of shit truck because that's going to be noticed that's what they're looking for but let's not go for blue and red blaze paint job and then have the Autobot logo in your grill. <laughs> right. With that thing popped in, I'm going, all right, Optimus, let me explain to you. Well, remember, people can't see the Autobots. <laughs> I'm going, you just had a white truck go by. Right. Maybe you copy that. Yeah. And then when you find your own people, then if you want and you're out in the open, fine. Be whatever you want. Right. But copy the white truck. The right. way less it's profile. Probably, it's probably some hidden message of you be who you want to be. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's the be down with your bad self. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, when they did that, I'm going, oh, come on. And now on to the dialogue. What dialogue? <laughs> I was getting so tired of the playful banter or the Mark Wahlberg threatened to beat the boyfriend up. Yeah. And just the, the, this film's dialogue felt like, when Wahlberg was on the screen, it felt like it was just one liner after one liner about trying to be a badass tough guy. Yeah. And it just... There's no reason to think that some engineer robotics guy on a farm could be this effective in these scenarios. How how he knew how to operate alien weaponry <laughs> so effectively is a little bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was... They just stumbled onto stuff but so you, much. Yeah, and you, and you get stuff like, I'm going to take you out! <laughs> and then you get, go for it! <laughs> you get, that's the type of dialogue you're getting here. It... it it really feels like if you if a kid wrote a comic book, this is the kind of dialogue you're going to get. And this is what the problem I have with Michael Bay on this and stuff. It's like you can tell I, I can't I cannot fathom 
and maybe it, maybe this is a good example of just lazy bullshit from the studio executives. It's like, doesn't matter. It's gonna make it's gonna make a billion fucking dollars. Who cares? Who right. cares if it's this stupid sounding? Blow some shit up, mm-hmm. and that'll distract the idiots who enjoy this stuff. You know, <laughs> or or the, not not the idiots who enjoy this stuff, but the the uh, the idiots who are looking for something more than what we're giving them. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. The the dialogue. I still don't understand why they can't spend a little bit not making it that cheesy. It just felt so so cheesy. Um, and what's interesting for me, I found this to be less cheesy than the third one. For me. Uh, now, uh, it's, a, it's a fairly level playing field there, but a, a, I found a, a little more entertainment value from this than I did the last one. But I, I think the last one to me was... I like that movie a lot, but I liked it a lot because even as a Transformers fan, I, I didn't hate Dark of the Moon, but I, I think it's because I get defense, not Dark of the Moon, uh, right, uh, Revenge of the Fallen. Mm-hmm. But I think it was more getting defensive of it. When I revisited that movie, that is a first class piece of shit. <laughs> it is, that, that movie is actually indefensible, and I don't know right. why I was trying to defend it. I right. can't. Um, Dark of the Moon, to me, I felt... Was a little more defensible, but still that the, the Chicago long, scene, way too fucking long. yeah, and the Chicago scene, as impressive as it is, it gets exhausting. Um, thankfully, I don't think they did that quite as bad here. This time they blow up China, but right. at least they took it to Beijing, uh, to Hong Kong this time. By the way, this movie, China's tourism board must hate. Because Hong Kong looks like a first-class piece of shit. Some what an ugly-looking city, dude. Some of it, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know why the cheese factor felt worse to me here. And maybe it was just because I was getting so annoyed by Wahlberg's character. And it was just flat-out fucking annoying. Mm. When when Kelsey Grammer and Stanley Tucci were on the screen, I didn't mind them. Right, they were better. Uh, but Wahlberg's, I just... Really, really didn't like. But apparently, we're gonna. He'll be the face of the franchise now, though. Yeah, I mean, and I like Wahlberg. I don't have any issue. I think he's a decent enough actor and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think there was just nothing here. It was just the only dialogue they came up for these three characters that were, that hung out. The the heroes, if you will, outside of the Transformers, was just banter back and forth about how if you touch my daughter, I'll kill you. Uh, you know, and him joking back or not joking back, but bantering back like. Such and such of her going, Danny, you can't protect me forever, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. That's all it was. Yeah. There was nothing there for these characters. And so, everything they did, every motivation that they, they supposedly had was, was just dumb. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, you want to protect her? Get her the fuck away from this shit. <laughs> how about the... the how about her owning some of it, though? Because that was the scene in the car when Optimus gets scooped up by the net. Oh, and yeah. you're looking at it going, will you get the fuck away from that car? 
Yeah. There is a huge throwdown between Optimus Prime and Lockdown going on right next to you. Yeah. Will you stop thinking that car that they're going to break into is where you need to hide and get the fuck away from it? Yeah. And her character just kept doing shit like that. It was constant. Now let's talk about how people can can survive some of the things. People can't die in these movies. And I've got to wonder if the scene you're talking about was... When Bumblebee took control of the ship and it went smashing up through the road and broke off into little pieces and Wahlberg somehow walks away from the gun turret seat that he was in, unscathed. Well, that's just one of them. Um, you know, that wasn't the one I was thinking of. I'm watching one of them there and it, was, it goes back to these, these missiles again. And they were running along some wall. The three of them were running, trying to escape something. I don't remember... And something shot missiles, and it literally, they are no more than 10 feet from the side of this building that this missile just shot into. I'm sorry, you would have been disintegrated, mm-hmm. but they're just, they just come running right by it as this missile. Like, come on. You know, I, I'm fine with the, I get they have to survive, but, but take a little bit of effort in making it feel a little bit more realistic than yeah. you do. They eventually gave Nicola Peltz a little scuff on her forehead. Yeah. I noticed that, like, scuff on her forehead. She has tumbled on pavement doing over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And literally kind of brushed herself up and right. ran. Right. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. But that happens in these flicks. Oh, constantly. And, and it's not just the Michael Bay thing, but he it's really excessive. Like I say, I don't need to see another shot of people falling or tumbling through the air and Transformer right. grabbing them and saving them. Because they're still not going to survive this. Right. And every time they fucking survived it. The first film when it happened, I want to say, was like they were tumbling and Optimus stuffed them inside himself and turned fine. It happened, like, again, three times in this one. They were falling down the side of a building, and Bumblebee somehow catches up with them tumbling and holds all three of them in his hand and scrapes down the wall enough to slow himself to a stop. And Can we talk about Dinobots for a second? Yes. No, no I didn't. I don't. Okay, I, and I don't have any childhood history with the Transformers. I, I didn't play with them and all that stuff. But they introduce these... Dinobots. Um, Which, if you're going to see the Dinobots, you're going to have to wait about two hours. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're very, you, very towards the end. Because I remember when the first trailer came out, people were like, the Dinobots! Now, I don't I don't recall knowing how, how Optimus knew where to find these Dinobots or whatever. But anyway, he finds, he knows where to go to... To well, pick up it, Dinobot. It, it was that he knew he was going to free some of the other prisoners on the ship, and stumbled okay. upon the fact that Dinobots were some of them. Okay, so he frees these Dinobots and stuff, and immediately Dinobot is aggressive and wants to and, and is going to fight Optimus, mm-hmm. and Optimus essentially just like. You're with me or against me. <laughs> Bitch slaps Dinobot, and all of a sudden, Dinobots are submissive and and on their side yeah. for no apparent reason. He basically pulled, like, I guess, 
how you, you dude who beats a dog. Yeah. Kinda to some, make him submissive, but it was I want to say two charges, and that was it. The Dinobots like, all right, you yeah. can ride me now. Yeah. And then his buddies all like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah all the rest of them who, who weren't abused uh, are, are just fall right in line. I mean, I mm-hmm. get that they're not intelligent. They're based off of freaking dinosaurs. Yeah. But that made no sense. No, 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 no. It, and I also found it interesting that well, Dinobot, I don't think, is going to not be hunted by humankind. Dinobot goes running off in the end. He's like, you're free. Yeah. You know who's not going to be left alone? Sweet. The giant dinosaurs. <laughs> the shaped robots. Right. Oh, that are five times bigger than any of the Transformers right. we've seen to this point. Right. They are fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to be allowed some free existence. They're going to be fucked with. Right. Constantly. Right. You know what else I don't need? I don't need that annoying little fucking Transformer. All right. He's irritating. I also don't need fat John Goodman Transformer with cigar. <laughs> and I was looking at it going, why did they give him a beard? And what is the beard? At first I'm going, is it wires? Then when they yeah. close it, I'm like, or is it like corn roll shit? Yeah. What the fuck? And what I found funny is, and if you're going to give us John Goodman robot, did you have to make him fat? Well, yeah. <laughs> And did he even need to make the fat and my fat ass comment? (laughs) Which, actually, this does need to be brought up. The language in this Transformers film was up about five times over what they'd been. Not that I give a shit. It's still fell within PG-13. But they hadn't before. But, fuck. The fuck was, it it was kind of funny when it was used. Right. Um, But, Ass was used a lot. Yep. Bitch couple was of, used a few times. Shits. Couple of shits. The Autobots all of a sudden have mouths on them, dude. Right. And, and they they weren't afraid to use them. Right. Um, but yeah, I've I've got when they show the first one, like, the, is this going to be John Goodman? You and I'm like, fuck, it's John Goodman. They had to do the fat robot, fat Autobot as John Goodman. Yeah. Admittedly, is one of the more entertaining ones, but. I, the, the the other two, the samurai one, and I know right now there are Transformers people that are flipping out because I don't know the names of those. Right. Because I didn't watch anything past the early 80s yeah. animated series, and I know those were later. Yeah. But it was convenient they had the, the Oriental one when they were going to China, which I'm like, right. was that done intentionally, or <laughs> was that the way the animated series worked? Because I know they've no had idea. a bunch of iterations. I, I have no idea. Um, but, yeah, it, it's... It's a Transformer film. You well, kind of got what you were going to that, get. That's exactly it. You have to accept the fact that this is not high art, no. uh, nor should it, you would have expected it to be going in. However, there's a lot of just, you know, I can't sit here and trash out Spider-Man the way I trash it out and and, and be forgiving of what Michael Bay's done here. Right. Um, so while I found it to be entertaining enough from mm-hmm. a mindless... Albeit way too freaking long. I was going to say, needs 45 minutes cut out. Easily. Pretty much anything that involved dialogue needed to be cut <laughs> out. Um, you know, from from a movie perspective, this is no better than a 2 out of 5. From yeah. From an entertainment it's... perspective, 
I'll give you a three out of five. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, I, I think I'll land on about a three out of five. 2.5 out of five to three out of five. If I was going to judge it as a critic, I'd probably go about two to 2.5. And for me, it's a three. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't fucking hate the movie. Hated the dialogue, though. That was, that was at times horrible. was painful. It was frustrating. And it was... Yeah, I, I found myself at times getting angry by it. Yeah. And uh, it's I'm ready to see... More sh- when did Optimus learn to fly? Did he find a jetpack or something? I don't know. Because that's never been referenced at any point during this franchise. That his feet, he can just turn rocket and fly. I don't know. And I guess we're to assume that the people are now okay with the Autobots again? Or at least the Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll probably get a billboard in the next one that says "Remember Hong Kong." Yeah, good point. <laughs> we'll find out what other city they can level. Right, right it's got to right. be London's turn pretty quick. Yeah, London's. What likes a city we don't do it up? What, what about like Reykjavik, Iceland, or something? There's got to be yeah. some some the Swedes. We got to fuck with the Swedes. They yeah. haven't been fucked with enough. <laughs> All we know is they have blonde people and they make porn. Right, and fish. Chewy candy fish. Right. Oh, well. That, that's it. We, yeah, look at that. We marathoned it. Yeah, we Just marath- like the movie. We did. Um, well, hopefully in a couple of weeks we will have a much better film to talk about in Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn of the dawn Planet of the Apes. Of the Planet of the Apes. Sorry. Rise of the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. I got my Rises and my Dawns confused. Uh, monkey jumping. There will be gratuitous monkey jumping. But this time it's monkey jumping Angry monkey And kicking a lot of ass. An early word is that this is fantastic. No, I'm looking forward to it. So with that said, we are out. Late.